Hey Hello. Paul, what's what's going on? How you doing? Good, I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. I'm doing awesome, good. awesome. I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. Uh, awesome, hey, I, I really appreciate you coming on. I love your Irish accent, man. <laughs> You're going to hear yeah. a lot of it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it, man. You know, the beautiful thing, the beautiful thing about this podcast is it kind of takes me around the world. You yeah. know, even though I'm in, in my gym, but I get to talk to these fascinating people from all over the world and get to hear these uh, these beautiful <laughs> accents, man. Various accents, yeah. <laughs> yes, most definitely. So, hey, uh, Paul, let's get this started right away with, um, you know, we had a conversation via Facebook, right? And you shared so many things. And I've written a lot of that stuff down. But first, I'm highly interested in your history in general to get started with kettlebells and your fitness journey and, mm -hmm. yeah, so on and so forth. So... Well, I'm a strength and conditioning specialist, but it didn't it didn't start there. It kind of that, that that was the end point. But my my journey in fitness it actually started probably further back than it would have alluded to in the information that I sent you because mm -hmm. I couldn't really I couldn't really get it all. Yeah, yeah, in, but yeah. but my my whole life has been about sport and education because essentially where it was that I came from they were the only two ways out and if you were looking for a way out and mm. I, I suppose a lot of people might have been mm. um because mm. it was it was quite a a, a hard impoverished um mm. ghettoized area and there it also happened to be uh, at the time in the 1980s it also happened to be on the backdrop of a kind of an urban guerrilla war. I don't know if what how much wow. you know about Northern Ireland, but um, there was just, a, there was a, yeah. there was a conflict that was uh -huh. lasted for thirty years, and thousands of people were killed. Um, was that was that the the religious conflict? Yeah, that, well, uh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, it's it's <laughs> I, 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 it's probably outside the context of 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 me or this podcast to oversimplify it, but. Religion was a big part of it, yeah. Mm. Religion and nationality um, and, mm. and, and things like that. Mm. But regardless of, of all that, that's where I, that, that was where my start was. Um, and when, when that's your normality, you know, that that's just your normality. You don't know that it's abnormal until you go somewhere else. But mm. mm -hmm. um, and we were living in the epicenter of it. If there was, like, it was, it was one of the hardest places even though it didn't feel hard, weirdly, because it was just your normality. You're Things used to it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. People getting mm. shot and buildings getting blew up, and you know. That's cr that's you know. crazy. <clears throat> it says marked by street fighting, sensational bombings, sniper attacks, rope locks, and intermittent without trial. The confrontation had the characteristics of a civil war. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that's about right. Wow. Yeah, and it was non-stop. So now every every day on the news, it, it wasn't a question of who was dead or, or or if somebody was dead, it was who was dead, you know. Or, oh or it wasn't it wasn't a question of was something blown up. It was what was blown what, up. What what yeah <laughs> what? You know how? So um, it becomes it becomes some sort of regular day to day happening, right? Mm -hmm, and if mm -hmm. I may, if I might just ask two questions, the first is, um, if you experience this if if this is your normal mm -hmm. do you think that this gives you some qualities and characteristics that you now have that you're like wow i'm, I'm kind of glad i went through this 100%, and, yeah. and the second question would be 
how does this relate now to the current crisis that we live in? Is it for you like, hey man, you know, I went, I went through tough stuff, but this is a piece of cake. And or what, what's your take on these two questions? Funny enough, I've, I've got, I've got a, a funny story in relation to the second part of your question there. But um, well, it's funny and it's slightly tragic, but I'll let mm. you be to decide uh, what percentage of which it is. <laughs> but okay. uh, uh, yeah, without a doubt, it's character building. Um, and it's, it's, it's character building and you don't even have a choice and you don't even realize that it's character building. It can mm -hmm. be, it can be, it can be, it can be personality destroying as well. Mm -hmm. You know, without doubt, there were some families who suffered more than everybody suffered, mm -hmm. but there was always people who suffer more than others. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, just really yeah. un unfortunate, you know, like whole families being taken out and, 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 and things like that. Um, and so there's, although although that does make you a very stoic and, and tough to hurt bulletproof individual, mm. it also um, inflicts damage that uh, is isn't going to be ever healed really. Mm. Now, our family were relatively lucky in that regard in comparison to most. So I kind of got the periphery character building aspect of it and luckily just out of pure fortune to be honest, mm. um, not the massively destructive, like, you know, parents being killed and siblings being killed th that could have, that could have happened and did happen to a lot of people, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I, my father was shot in a, in a crossfire. He was shot in the arm when he was playing a game of handball in the street. Um, and I was nearly blown up a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is insane, you know, man. Wow. Um, oh, God. And, and my brother was almost, uh, well, he was, you know, attacked a few times and all, almost abducted um, by, we, we, we don't know who the, the other said, so to speak, just, just for being in the wrong place at the wrong time, an, yeah. innocent, an innocent person who was on the wrong side of yeah. the literal wall that divided divide, divide the city, a, a massive wall um that divided the city because you know just to stop one side from killing the other side mm. um so you know that th this this was, was the reality of existence for everyone and, and some people weren't as lucky as that mm. you know mm. like one one slightly amusing an anecdote was <laughs> it's not really funny but as i was about to say before the internet cut off um irish people have developed a, a kind of a dark humor because mm -hmm. we've been involved in so much fighting and conflict over the years and the people in the north even more so because it mm. continued right mm. into the latter half of the 20th century mm -hmm. you know like the, the 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 troubles as it's euphemistically been referred to as mm. um the guerrilla conflict in, in in the north um went on for 29 years like nearly 30 years so 19, is, 1969 to, to 1998 so there was people still doing this in the late 90s in a Western, like developed European country. We're blowing each other up, you know. Um, and, and you know, uh, I mean, as, as far as this crisis goes, I mean, is, is there, isn't there a, I mean, we know, don't want to make it all about politics, but mm. you know, when, when we see what happens nowadays in, in some Western countries, which, which we thought would be unthinkable, right? Mm. But, but to a certain extent, isn't there, a, I don't know, pressure or, or just, you know, countries, surrounding countries that put pressure on, on a civilized 
or a Western country to be like, hey, guys, stop stop blowing each other up or, or you know it was it yeah. such an isolated because i'm i i'm f not uh, not familiar with it i know about it and yeah the ira and that stuff i'm very very peripherally know about it yeah but wasn't there just some sort of pressure from the outside did you feel that or like hey no we just it kept going nobody cared you know and well there there was and there wasn't from from our perspective it kind of felt a lot like the latter most of the time um, like, like, like nobody, like we were just this wee dark corner of Europe and nobody cared. Um, mm, yeah. but at the same time, people did, there was an effort made, particularly from various American presidents over the years, trying to, trying to end it. Um, and eventually that was the case with Bill Clinton and Tony Blair and, and all the politicians over here in the late nineties eventually did, um, say, look, listen. Mm. This, this needs to stop um and 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 i think clinton northern ireland was one of his main goals was one of his was one of his main goals um as a president funnily mm. enough even of, of, a, of a massive continent um what it was one of his main goals for the western world to uh quail and and mm. and, and put a stop not even so much quail but you know put together some sort of a, an agreement um mm. and, and the politicians over here in conjunction with the people in conjunction with you know politicians elsewhere did eventually come together with a thing called the good friday agreement in 1998 wow. and mm. everybody voted the, the, the public voted on it overwhelmingly to end the conflict mm. um and to demilitarize mm. and, the, and on a, yeah and on a final note uh, because you're so into this and yeah it may be takes a little bit of a political uh, part of this, but I think it's so fascinating and interesting. Um, you know, we always say that the United States, uh, they play the world police and everybody gets mad at it. Like, why, why are you interfering with the issues of other countries? Yet in this case, what is your take? Do you think, yet? Yeah, thank God they intervened because otherwise it wouldn't have stopped? Or yes, I mean, well, take well, on? Yeah. well ab absolutely, you know, it, yeah. It, 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 it definitely took, I mean, at the end of the day, it wouldn't have mattered who tried to do what. I think the people here had had enough. Mm. Um, but at the same time, without doubt, the politicians that were involved on every side, on, in, in every country, both here and elsewhere, played key pivotal roles. And without that, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have happened. Um, mm. So without mm. a shadow of doubt, yeah. Doing doing the right thing is sometimes yeah. inconvenient, um, mm -hmm. or, or mm -hmm. you know sometimes intrusive, or it would appear that way. But yeah. it needs to happen in certain in certain situations, and I think it was it was time. It was high time over here. People were had had enough. Um, mm -hmm. wow. You know, but so interesting. Yeah. But that, funny enough, recently in relation to the the coronavirus. Mm. Um, <laughs> there was there was there was people being interviewed from here because they wanted to they they specifically the interviewers wanted to compare the troubles to the coronavirus in terms of stress and overwhelmingly the older population was like i, I prefer the troubles <laughs> they, were like, <laughs> they were like they were like they were like there was this one woman who was would have been like my mother's sort of age right so probably like 70s type of thing 
Uh, and I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but almost a direct quote was, you could have got blown up, but at least you could go to the shops. That's like that you know? comparison, <laughs> that comparison like, hey, you guys you don't know, know what safety is, you man. You know what I mean? You no. don't know what that is. No, oh, no wow. not, not at all. Mm. Um, mm. And, and yeah, it, it is funny. On, on a certain level, I understand. Mm-hmm. You know, as a father now, I would much rather it was this than the troubles. I wouldn't want to bring mm. my kids up in the mm. environment that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. However, if I was a single adult, yeah, the troubles, I it's like the devil, you know. Now, don't get me wrong. I would I would want nothing less than for mm. this part of the, of the world to descend back into mm. that madness. Mm. But yeah, on, so, on, on a very superficial level, obviously I would never make the trade. But on a very superficial level, it was almost easier to deal with than your whole world being shut down to this like yeah. insular yeah. G- like jail almost, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's it's character building. Yeah, most definitely. And, 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 it, and, and, and it means that, you know, a 10 minute set of kettlebells or a five minute snacks test or something like that doesn't feel as, as tough. Um, but my initial sporting um well, endeavors happened in boxing was you know with ireland mm-hmm. fighting was has always been a big deal in boxing has always been our main sport yeah right? most de- i mean i've 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 uh i've just recently watched a small documentary about um the gypsy king yeah um oh w- help me out with the tyson, name tyson fury tyson yeah. fury yeah, yeah where yeah. his dad where his dad talked yeah, talked about yeah. him yeah and and his brother and then uh, of course we all know conor mcgregor yeah so it's yeah it's 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 like these tough times breed different or tough characters you know I, yeah, joe rogan yeah. recently posted something that's interesting he said you know tough times breed tough people and good times breed weak people yeah to yeah, a certain extent yeah, yeah, right yeah yeah and and if you and if you have to go through some level of hardships you, it just like you said and you have to forge them to view it from a character building standpoint now that you get older without the the destructive harm that that may uh other people have experienced it's it just makes you it builds you yeah it, it's just yeah. different right it's, yeah. it, it was fortunate in that regard um and also i was i was fairly fortunate in that you know i picked my parents well which is a tongue-in-cheek you know <laughs> yeah. you know i was lucky i was lucky my parents mm, even God. though they they weren't without their problems they weren't without their problems and my childhood wasn't without its traumas but they were good people who worked hard mm. and and you know my father worked two jobs and um we didn't have a lot of money at all and no, nobody did though and you know but they always emphasized from an early age they kept telling me and my brother how talented we were and how good we were and how athletic we were and how smart we were and mm-hmm. how you've got to focus on education, mm-hmm. education. And they encourage sport as well. Mm-hmm. It was all about education and sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and really and truly, if you look at the most impoverished and even war-torn corners of the world, education and sport are the two consistent escape routes. Mm. Um, and so it was. It was by no surprise that that's what me and my brother went into. He's he's a, a PhD, awesome. um, yeah. and I, I obviously I, I did the whole degree thing as well, and, and and took it further and became a strength and conditioning specialist. Awesome! Wow, it's that's just it's so powerful, you know. When when I compare it to my upbringing, mm. 
which uh, I'm, I'm completely privileged. Of course, like you say, every childhood has some traumas and I've experienced yeah. some of it, but I cannot imagine what what it must be like. And, and yeah. what, what I always take away from these aspects is just to be thankful and grateful for, for, for every day uh, that you have, especially, you know, in Switzerland, we're such a, this is such an oasis of, of the world, even though right now we also have some kind of measures just a couple of days ago, they were introduced and I went into crisis mode. And I was like, oh, I'm supposed to do it. But you know, after crisis mode sets down, you, you, got, you got to make a decision. It's like, like you said, you, what, what do you want to do? You either die or, or, you, or you keep going, right? Mm, mm. And I'm more on that side as well, where I'm like, hey, let, let's keep pushing, keep going. And whatever life throws into your way, whether that's the government or, or somebody or something else, you just got to handle it, man up yep. and, 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 and keep going, right? Yeah. So if, if, if we want to pivot a little bit into into kettlebells, I mean, we we could probably talk about your story for hours. Oh, <laughs> which, yeah, I know. But, you know, uh, sometimes with the folks that I have on, we have one hour talking about the story yeah, and yeah, then we dive yeah, into yeah, kettlebells. Yeah. So, yeah, just sport heart style. You also mentioned this hybrid idea uh, that I'm pursuing. Um, yeah, just, just let us know your experience. What happened with kettlebells and how do you got into it? Well... I got into it through training for fighting, for, for boxing. Um, mm -hmm. I had a background in boxing and, and then I transitioned from boxing into powerlifting. And mm -hmm. so I've been fortunate enough to compete against world-class opposition in both those sports. And then, and then, and then went on to do the same thing in kettlebell sports with three different sports. But long wow. before that, um, long before that I came across randomly. I, I was I, I did a Google search for in the very early days of Google as well um, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, one arm pull ups because I was very close to being able to do one wow and I wanted to see was there any was there any information on it and the only thing that came up was this website called Dragon Door. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most left with on the, on the rest yeah. is history. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so and you um, know the, the Dragon Door website still looks the same. It's like it still looks the same. It still looks the much, same. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Yeah. I remember skimming over the website like years ago. Yeah, it's still yeah. the same. Yeah, it yeah. is. But I like that. I, I like. <laughs> I, I like that. It sort of it yeah. says, pays homage to its roots. Never change but a winning horse. Yeah. Never. 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 No, yeah. <laughs> but. Uh, and so then I, I seen what the hell's this this cannonball everybody's swinging about here, um, and, and and this kind of happened concurrently shortly after with um, I was a I was a fan of a of a of a bodybuilding magazine called Muscle Media, yeah, yeah. and mm -hmm. and a thing called Body for Life, mm -hmm. which which yeah. later later became pivotal in my wow. career, um, developing a body transformation program that's all around the world as well. So wow, all these things is like synergistic. And Charles Poliquin used to have yeah. a, a, a column in it called Question of Strength. And then Poliquin left and it was replaced by this weird Russian guy with an unpronounceable name. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, most Pavel Tasatso Luli, what's, what's yeah, he yeah. called? You know, somebody, like, oh, <laughs> somebody referred to him. I had, I, I had a, a professional uh, mountain climber on, on the podcast. And he said, you know, when I first time, first time I read his name, I was like, who's this? Pavel Tatooine? Uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. From yeah. Star Wars. Yeah, 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 yeah. Two suns in the sky. It may as that, well have been from a galaxy far, far away because yeah. I had no clue who the guy was. Most the, fir the first thing that struck me about him about his column and about the way he conducted himself. He had a few articles in the Greater Magazine as well. 
was he was ripped, but he wasn't huge. He didn't look like a bodybuilder and he didn't speak like one. Everything was about functional strength, about fighting, about powerlifting, about, um, you know, combat mm -hmm. and, 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 you know, you know, military capacity and military function and things like that. And I just found it a very refreshing breath of fresh air. He wasn't talking about going to failure in his programming. Mm -hmm. yeah. He was talking about yeah. cycling weights, um, which I had had previous experience with that concept myself, um, mm -hmm. training for powerlifting and being around powerlifting coaches and the concept of essentially training in relative comfort with the, the goal of teaching yourself something so that yeah. you can you can contract your muscles harder down the lane instead of yeah. instead instead of constantly yeah. trying to, to push the failure to failure. Like like I had already been through the nineties, you know, as a teenager training that way. Um and and going nowhere with it, well going somewhere with the with the failure stuff until inevitably the wheels fall off. Um <laughs> Mm -hmm. systematically and you've got mm -hmm. to come up with a better idea and then getting into the sport of powerlifting and learning how to train properly from masters who were in their 60s and 70s at the time i learned from them so everything pavel was saying was resonating with that and kind of building on top of it and so that's when i became aware of what a kettlebell was and, and this tool seemed fascinating to me because it was originally sold as not even so much a strength tool as an all-round, you know, make you harder to kill object, mm -hmm. but like a combat training mm -hmm. tool combat almost tool. is yeah. is kind of could the whole dragon door thing was very martial art yeah. slanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. and the early RKCs were being referred to as like the black bell of kettlebells and all. Yeah. Everything yeah. was was very yeah. Bruce Lee, yeah. very very yeah. karate almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even hard style itself to this yeah. day but especially back then was essentially based on powerlifting and hard style karate i love i love you know? what you just said there because i had bill esh on uh the kettlebell warrior and he said this he said hard style is basically powerlifting with submaximal weights yeah and i was like yeah. whoa and now now you uh, and that's what i love about you know talking to you uh, incredible experts and fascinating folks who you always I say this so many times on this part everybody says the same thing it's just worded differently yeah 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 that's where you know and, and just as a side note when people get confused everybody's everybody says something different and then I'm always like you know when you go to the top of the pyramid you actually find out that a lot of people say similar things but down at the bottom everybody's like you know from the left east to west you hear everything yeah. right and the thing yeah. is there's four sides to that pyramid and from and and they all lead to the same peak yeah. <laughs> so yeah. even though you're all starting from a different place when you get to the top the view is very similar you know yeah. and and and, yeah. and there's a lot of space at the bottom yeah most definitely. and so there's there's so many different opinions and the further up you go the less spaces there are until at the mm -hmm. top there's the truth and everybody kind of high fives yeah. each other yeah. even though yeah. you started from <laughs> yeah. Awesome. From, from, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, most so definitely. That, that's kind of the, the way with almost every subject, and mm. with kettlebells more so than than anything. Mm. Um, mm. And so that was my, I, I became the first RKC certified individual from my country, and the first level two as well. 
Awesome. And I, I was I was offered leadership roles at various occasions um, within Strong First when it when it became Strong First, mm-hmm. but I turned them down for professional reasons because I was running my own global Your company, own the, the Amazing mm. Twelve, and I literally just didn't have the time or the space yeah. to yeah. also be traveling around everywhere teaching kettlebells. Mm. But I respectfully turned that down. Mm. Um, so I probably would have attained. You know, senior and master status in, mm-hmm. in that organization had I have wanted mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. but um, but I but I simultaneously became fascinated with GS, and it's hard to look away when you see. It's hard to look away. It, it's like okay, let me put it to you this way. Let me give you the martial arts analogy because I'm a combat sports mm-hmm. background, and it's it's almost like GS competition when gs competition exploded globally like left russia so to speak is when the when the internet kind of exploded and funny enough hard styles kind of i believe somewhat responsible hard style pavel and, and dragondor i think are 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 the biggest culprits for spreading mm-hmm. the popularity of gs mm-hmm. yeah now mm-hmm. it was it was in, <laughs> it was it was, <laughs> yeah. it was inadvertent right mm-hmm. and probably somewhat mm-hmm. unintentional and maybe even unwanted but it happened <laughs> You know, but <laughs> yeah. it happened because because Pavel and Dragondor and you know John DeCain, who is the CEO of Dragondor, um, and, a, and a friend of mine, a, a lovely man, they they made kettlebells super popular, yeah. right? Super yeah. popular, and then you had guys coming up parallel to them who weren't as well known but extremely good with kettlebells. People like Valery Fedorenko, who's also yeah, yeah. a friend of mine. Yeah. Well, awesome. Yeah. Um, mm. And I, we, I competed in his world championships over in Chicago, the WKC. My wife actually won them, um, awesome. which was which was fun. Uh, but but Valeri Federenko is a, a super legit, like as legit as they come. GS lifters. He's the the youngest ever master of sport international class. Um, crazy. Like at 17 years old, he did something like 188. I want to say 187, 188 snatches, one hand switch with a 32. And this came this is... after I think 130 something jerks with two 32s. 17. Uh, he years did old. the biathlon. The biathlon. 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 Yeah. It's you know it's you know and for everybody who does not engage or who doesn't understand the 10 minute set. With the jerk or the biathlon or, or the long cycle, when 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 you are, uh, when it's demanded mm. that you have to keep the kettlebell for at least five minutes in one hand when it comes to the snatch, and when you understand the gravitational pull of a 32 kilogram kettlebell, I mean I'm 70 kilo body weight, I'm a lightweight guy, and it pulls me down so hard that I can't, you know, so 17 years. And I mean, I, I mean, Valerie's not, not a huge, is he a huge guy? No, well, when he did this at 17, he was 75 kilos. You see, that's my, that's approximately my body weight. You know, when you look at, when you look at Denisov, these, the, the, yeah, you know, yeah. the beast was done like yeah. 40 kilogram snatches and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you, you'd be like, okay, the guy, you know, with, with a huge mass, the gravitational pull is not as strong. If you have a lot of mass, okay, I got it. But if your body weight is 75, mm. And it's double thirty-two. It's 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 massive. It's, it's massive to understand what kind of capacity, and you know, just to reiterate what Bill Ash said. Bill Ash said, you know, I I, I think he talked to Valerie as well, and he said uh, he asked him or he asked somebody else, like just uh, re, uh, rephrasing what he said, and he said, you know, when you look at these guys, I always ask 
my coach, the Russian guy, I was like, do you guys have ice in your veins? Because you don't, not a muscle yeah, in your yeah. face is moving. And then I yeah. love what he said. The coach said, yeah, well, you, you waste energy if you start yeah. doing this. Yeah, yeah. So that's why yeah. I started, you know, coaching practice when we start working with, with our clients. I'm always be like, guys, game face, game face. And they're yeah. like, eh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and not only do you waste energy, it also sets, for my, for my money, it sets an emotional precedence that's oh. hard to come back from. Like oh. as soon as as soon as you start to admit to yourself and sh and and show outward somatic signals of something hurting, where do you see how much faster that pain starts to accelerate? And the opposite is oh. also true. If it's the remember that pain is a is a physical sensation, mm -hmm. but its outcome and what it leads to is a perspective. Oh, right. That's so powerful. Yeah. You're not going to change what way something feels, but you can't, you've complete control over what you what you think about it, okay, or what that means and where it leads to, yeah. and where it leads to. Oh, well, wow, that's well, powerful. Well, 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 what you the way you perceive it is going to dictate where it leads to. Wow. You're never going to be able to change what way it feels, but you are going to be able to change the occur, um, wow. and and that that's is powerful. kind of the secret of GS. Mm -hmm. outside, of, outside of the tech, your technique can be as great. I have seen people and uh, when I won the second Irish Nationals, um, I was going against a European junior silver medalist was, was in my, uh, on a future world amateur champion, like later that year. Mm -hmm. And he essentially his physical capacity. He was, a, he was younger, younger kid, but he was an absolute beast. Right, and his physical capacity was more than enough to beat me, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Um, but I started off really fast, and I maintained it, and I also maintained a very stoic expression on my face. Mm -hmm. And you know, and 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 I I also done a bit of a sick job on him in the change rooms as well, where I was talking about how I was looking forward to it and. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm training with this weight and that weight and that's feeling light. So I'm looking forward. Right? And, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, listen, the only, thing I, had over him, the only yeah. thing I had over him was my age, experience and composure. Mm. He had the physicality and mm. I've done a mental, I've done a mental job on him. I, I think I don't, I can't confirm it, but he mm. stopped early. He, he, mm -hmm. he, he stopped he to, at like mm. five, six minutes and put them down and shook his head and walked off because he was trying to hold my pace. As soon as he's put them down, I slowed down. I, I didn't care about getting the number. I knew it already won. That's you know? the mental warfare, right? It's even in boxing and in fighting where, where the I, I I've talked to Ramsey Dewey. I don't know if you if you're familiar with him as yeah, a yeah. martial arts coach on YouTube. Yeah. He said, you know, when when uh, I'm paraphrasing again, but when the your opponent gets into your mind or in your brain, done. You're lost. It, yeah. It's done. Yeah. And there's so many parallels, which is one of the reasons why wow. I love the sport. There's so because I come from a combat sports background, I boxed on and off for eleven years competitively, and wow. um, and, and I've, I've trained in other arts, Muay Thai, mixed martial arts. I trained with with Matt Hughes and ruthless Robbie Lawler. Wow. Wow. Actually, almost got into a street fight with Robbie Lawler. That's a funny story. Wow. Um, but 
<laughs> Thank God that didn't happen. But, <laughs> <laughs> I'd tried my best. I, I, I went down in flames, but flames probably would have been the, the, the right way to describe it. Yeah, it would have gone um, down in flames, but I tried it. Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but the, one of the reasons that I um, have such an affinity with kettlebells, both hardstyle and GS, because hardstyle feels more like a straight fight and GS feels more like a ring fight. That makes any sense? Oh, I love it, yeah. Um, yeah. But it feels like fighting. Kettlebells feel like feel like fighting. Mm. There's a psychological, like I mean, even a, a, a really hard hard style workout. If you're about to do it, you're like, oh, here we go. Mm-hmm. And a GS one is a whole other level again. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh my god, mm. you know. And you have an <laughs> opponent, you have a weigh in. Yeah. You're yeah. going head to head. People, are, there's an audience. There's a judge. There's points. There's a distance that must be covered. You know, you can be stopped before the distance, or you can go the distance. Mm-hmm. You know, there's, 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 mm. there's sweat, there's blood sometimes, literally, mm. Mm. and there can be tears, you know, yeah, most it's, definitely. it's, it's, it's the, it's, and again, I'll give Dragon Door credit for this one with, it was one of their, one of their, um, selling points early. One of their slogans was kettlebells are the closest thing to fighting without getting hit. And it's, it's great very, marketing, man. It's, it's also, great, it's great marketing. Oh, great, man. What they did. Yeah. It is great, what they did and. and and it, and it really helped GS as well because, mm-hmm. you know, it shone a big light on a small subject. And then the whole subject, it's like the, the raising oh. tide raises all ships. Yeah, yeah, wow. You know, it and even though it was ironic yeah. to me that the two, I'm glad that it isn't this way anymore, but initially 20 years ago when I first got into this, there was it was like us versus them. With yeah. hard style and GS, and it stayed that way for a good ten years. Or yeah, mm. you know. But in the last ten years or so, it's kind of loosened up a wee bit to the point where people realize, you know, there's benefit to both. Yeah, and That's... there's 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 both complementary and independent benefits to both. Yeah, and where I'm coming up from from now, I've kind of I feel like if it was a martial art and they were giving out black belts, I would definitely have one in hard style. Mm-hmm. Um, and in GS, I'm getting pretty close to that because, well, I would say, I would say I'm probably low level black belt because mm-hmm. I've trained world champions. I've trained a few world champions from scratch. I've won national titles. I've represented my country and the worlds myself. And then just recently I gave a very good account of myself versus the greatest yeah. belt lifter of all time. Looking forward to your account so, this morning. Yeah. <laughs> so, awesome. you know, I've experienced both worlds and I've learned from masters in both areas. Yeah. And now for me, it's about not only understanding both independently, but understanding the space between the two and yeah. the mortar that unites them. Yeah. If that makes any sense, because yeah. Yeah. it's not just it's not enough just to know to be a, to be a black belt in in GS and a black belt in hardstead. Um, and by the way, if you go to like a RKC or SFG weekend, that doesn't make you a black belt. That makes you a good white belt. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, your education begins there. I've been yeah, doing this begins. twenty years. And and so. you know that's that's actually one of the flaws with them coaching system that I see, you know, we, we, we have been asked uh, to, you know, people have asked us, hey, wh- when are you starting to certify folks? And I'm like, hey, man, we, we just we just got into the game. 
Yeah. And and just get, give us some time, you know. I'm, I'm I'm playing with that thought. It's not something that I wouldn't do because mm. I'm so fascinated by this hybrid idea that I believe it's kind of like the MMA of kettlebells. Hybrid is uh, 100%. Right? Yeah, you 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 make it both. That and I you're going also, to say well, you're going to say well that well I've just said it so it's it's funny how you just said it. <laughs> yeah, but I, I I I have actually in the background. Awesome. Not sure if I've said it publicly, but I have said it countless awesome. times that that, it, that 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 amalgamating those two things is like the MMA of kettlebells. I see GS almost like the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu of kettlebells. Mm -hmm. Now let me yeah. explain, right? Yeah. And yeah. Hard, hard stay is like sort of like is a full contact karate. Oh, right? Most definitely. Yeah. And then when, when we had the initial UFC, BJJ just went hello over every other martial art because okay. it's it was just so yeah true. So powerful. As that. Yeah. Right. And that, but, you know, that's, that's the beauty. That's the beautiful thing when you put all those truths together and yeah. just, uh, just jumping back to the certification process where you said, you know, this is where your journey begins, where I think in so many cases, it's like, if I, if we would start certifying people mm. as coaches, I would say like, listen, it's a one or at least two years apprenticeship mm. Mm. where you take, you, you got to prove some fitness, but most of all, what you have to prove is you have to coach people. Mm. I want mm. to see you coach somebody who never touched a kettlebell before. If you can't teach it, you don't understand it yourself. And then you're not cert then you're not certified. You're just a practitioner, which is awesome. I mean, it's that's good. awesome. Yeah. It's yeah. good. But if you want to start certifying folks and have them certifying other people or teaching it to beginners or folks, I want to see you uh, uh, teach it to other people. And and like you said, I I, I had the same image in my mind. I mean, GS is 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 the the the, the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. And then the heart style is the punching, right? Yes. And so and when you bring those two things together. You bring it together. And at, the same, arts. and at the same time, uh, that's what I love is we got to put these truths all together yes. and see what comes closest to the truth. I mean, that's what yes. science, not, not, unfortunately, not to current science, but yeah. <laughs> actual <laughs> yeah. science, yeah. actual science is, is supposed to, uh, um, um, find flaws in their own theory. I think it's called, um, institutionalized disconfirmation yes because it's because the opposite is confirmation bias yeah and, and and everybody kind of has that and, and you, you need to let go of it most definitely and what i say you know when I, we just recently started this hybrid style master class uh, where we are teaching uh, folks who are highly interested in kettlebell not it's not a not a certification nothing it's just folks who are highly interested in this idea where uh, i have a lot of uh, knowledge now from steve and from all 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 you guys mm -hmm. that i talk to we we practice it a lot we take we take a lot of that stuff in um and uh i put this together and in the beginning of the course what i'm saying is listen this is what i'm presenting to you is theories based on practice mm. yet it may be that certain years or, or, or months down the road, things may change, which is a good thing. You just take my word, run for it, but always keep in mind, I'm looking for somebody to disprove it. So we, so we can say, well, you see, that's, so we got to take that bit off. It's just like in the Turkish getup, when you talk about the windshield wiper move, where you save your hips yes, 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 and your yes, lower yes. back. Yes, this yes. this has been developed because it was a problem. So we had to find a solution, right? A hundred percent. It's like the old, Jeet Kune Do, adage of Bruce Lee, yeah. um, of yeah. take what's advantageously useful from everything, discard what's not, and then add what's uniquely your own. As uh, I'm paraphrasing again, but essentially that's one of the teachings of Bruce Lee. Um, and without shadow of doubt, even if we look at hard style itself, 
it's kind of an interesting case study because it's evolved massively mm-hmm. over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. I've, I'm one of the very of the few remaining OGs um, <laughs> who remembers awesome. who remembers the actual very start of the game um, and has come through right to today. And I can remember when you know when Pavel was doing squat swings and you know yeah, yeah. And, and 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 doing a second dip under the snatch and um, you know mm-hmm. pressing mm-hmm. in a different in a in a in a very arched out groove mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know and, and, and getting up. Uh, get up was essentially just put a kettlebell up any way you can and, and uh, stand up stand <laughs> yeah. up get a kettlebell yeah. in your hand floor press it stand up repeat <laughs> i love it you know floor press it what's technique floor press it stand up repeat stand up, that's it. it you know what i mean <laughs> and, and, and you know love it can i tell you if somebody's naturally athletic that might work very well because you're going to automatically start basing yourself and doing different things yeah. like yeah on that basic instruction I actually was able to build up the quite a quite a heavy weight, you know. Um, and, and a friend of mine was doing squat get ups because that was the way he had big yeah. legs. He was a powerlifter, and he was getting into a one arm overhead squat position and just coming up. And he yeah. was coming up with like sixty yeah. kilos. Hey, uh, with sixty, oh my god, man! You know, but this, stuff. This, this guy was a world class powerlifter as well. Wow, wow! So that was that was actually that was him going late. You know, um, not not late in the get up, but it was late for his legs. If that makes any sense? Yeah, yeah. It was heavy for his overhead stability, but it was late wow. for his legs. Easy. But uh, wow. But yeah, so so I've seen hardstyle evolve a lot over the years. Um, so it's not like that system isn't open to new ideas or evolution, but it is kind of, it is kind of always going to be set to certain principles, like a martial art, mm-hmm. um, and. Like a like a like a set traditional martial art with katas and and you know mm-hmm. like like karate like like mm-hmm. like Okinawan old school mm-hmm. good karate and and there's great value in that and in the land of the blind the one eyed man is king there like I mean if you're fighting a proper mm-hmm. well practiced karate black belt you're in trouble especially one who pressure tests his art through real sp- realistic sparring mm. um, you're in trouble right we're not talking about paper dragons with big bellies out to here and you know. You know, everybody's seen the videos on YouTube. Yeah. Where there's all all sorts of compliance going on. And it's like, Most oh, definitely. You know, I'm gonna make you spin around. Yeah, yeah. He, he just looks at you and oh, you fall down. God. Yeah, yeah. McDojo stuff. Yeah, yeah. Think, th- think about think about the, the the psychosis that's going on there. I mean, yeah, most there, definitely. There, there's there's like weird social stuff behind that. But anyway, um, hard stairs like legit, legit, like hardcore karate, like the kettlebell equivalent of it. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, in a head-to-head competition, you know, even a very good white belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is probably going to beat uh, a black belt um, karate practitioner in a head-to-head fight. Mm-hmm. And, and if we look at that in terms of like a snatch test or something, right? Mm-hmm. Even at their own, at, at, at in a head-to-head in a scenario, mm-hmm. um, a GS athlete is, is going to have massive advantages just because of the different techniques that are learned. And, mm. and even primarily things like the breathing patterns and stuff like that Most provide h- huge advantages. And, and grip and stuff, yeah. And grip and, if, and different things. And if I may just ask you something. I, however, yeah, sorry, yeah. I, just, I, just, I just want to finish this one, right? Yeah. But, but, right, there are limits to the BJJ as well. Mm-hmm. And if you get a karate black belt who becomes even a blue belt in... Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Ah, ah I see and, where then, you're going. and then has the BJJ black belt a fight. 
and the BJJ black belt has no striking. I got you. He, he could be in big trouble, right? Oh. And that would be that would be the equivalent of an all-round competition. Like let's say there's a snatch, and let's say there's also a one rep max press. A beast tamer exercise. A beast tamer yeah. even, right? Most definitely. Right? Yeah. A oh, beast tamer powerful. exercise, a GS yeah. exercise. Yeah. A beast tamer exercise, a GS yeah. exercise. Right. And that yeah. type of scenario, if the GS guy isn't more well-rounded, he's in trouble. Yeah. And if the hard style guy isn't more well-rounded, he's in trouble too. Yeah. But if either one of them is well-rounded, the other guy is in trouble. This is where it comes. This is where it comes together. Yeah. Right. Wow. Wow. That's a great analogy, man. Wow. Yeah. So, that's powerful. So if I, about the snatch test, because I mean, I'm sorry, sometimes I'm just jumping on these go things. Ahead. No, I love it. I love right. it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> because, you know, I'm writing down, I'm always, you know, I've learned that my brain, that the brain is such a bad memory that you oh. got to write down everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So about the snatch test, the snatch test, and I've asked this, I know, I don't know who I talked to. I think it was a client. Yeah, I talked to a client. Now, what is your take on, on the idea of the hard style snatch test? If, if we put into account that it's not, a, that, that the philosophy of hard style and Pavel's philosophy and idea is not going to failure is always being able to talk, putting the kettlebell down and resting and then getting back at it, always giving your body enough energy, leave energy in the tank, you know, so on and so forth, which is a powerful philosophy. I changed it as well, you know. When you shared your story, I was like, oh, that's me. Mm. I was all into German volume training, bodybuilding, and oh, balls to <laughs> right? You sound like Arnold there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, you have to imagine, I'm not, I'm not super blessed with genetics, but I think I went to a... I recently saw an old picture of me. I was like, oh, wow, that dude. Oh, Jack. wow. I was buff, man. <laughs> I love it. Hey now. Hey now. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but, you know, I've switched my philosophy as well. I was like, yeah, let, let, let's, let's move away a little bit from the extremes, even though I still like high intensity. But, you know, I've coined a term. I call it high skill intensity now. It's yeah, go high nice. intensity, but use skill, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, but when we look at the snatch test of mm -hmm. heart style, 24K, 100 reps in five minutes. That's a 20 RPM. Mm. That's a massively fast pace with a 24 kg if you don't have GS technique. So what my take on it is, it's kind. I, I think they don't they don't match. Mm. But mm. what's your take on it? Well, I can explain why. Um, I, well, again, this is just my opinion, but it's an experienced opinion because I've been around from the start. So. I need to I need to set the, the the stage for the answer a wee bit if you don't mind. Yeah, most I don't know if you remember or if you're aware, but initially I remember, <laughs> and initially the the hard style RKC snatch test was one hand switch, um, back in the day. Uh -huh. Right. I think yes. It was one hand switch, and it wasn't necessarily a hundred reps either. It was you had to do your weight, your, you had to do the number of reps as your kilogram weight with one hand switch. So if you were 75 kilos, you had to do 75 reps with one hand switch or something like that. So you would have to do 35, 35 mm -hmm. um, or whatever weight broke down to get 70. Um, and if somebody was over 100 kilos, they had to do more than 100 reps yeah, with just, one hand switch. That's, right? yeah, gets crazy. With a hard style kettlebell with a fatter handle and you know, oh. that doesn't chalk very well and you know the ins where the insertion isn't the same yeah oh shit. my god i can Pong say these skin. things to you because you understand yeah 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 Most, the difference there's a huge yeah. difference most definitely you know yeah. yeah um and people don't realize that it's like yeah it's it even comes down to the implement 
So initially, at this moment in time, the hardstyle snatch test is a relic of the bygone era. It's a, I, I'm in two minds about it because here's where my head, as an athlete and as a performer and as a put up or shut up kind of guy, I kind of like the fact that people have to prove themselves. Mm-hmm. I kind of like, cause I had to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, Cause we all had to. Yeah, right? we're yeah. we're I'm I'm of the era where you're doing bur crawls and swings across an American football pitch as the graduation workout, you know, oh yeah, and you've yeah. got you've got the OGs screaming in your ear, right? And you're doing like ten thousand swings over the course of three days, you know, like it's like like you know, so the, having actually hosted a hard style event, um, as recent as twenty nineteen. I can attest that this, even the certification itself is much milder now in comparison to what we went through. Mm-hmm. And the only thing, the only remnant, so to speak, of the old era is the snatch test. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like that it's there because I'll tell you why. I think there should be an element of, even though the vast majority of your training shouldn't be the failure and even if that's your very ethos right i you could make a case i could make a case for not having the snatch test and i could make a strong one and i wouldn't if, if that ended up being the thing i wouldn't like have a problem with it mm-hmm. uh, and i'm no longer involved with 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 strong first um for the past couple of years i was this i was a ceo of strong mm-hmm. first ireland for 10 years mm-hmm. and i'm no longer professionally involved with them so i have no dog in this fight mm-hmm. um but i like the snatch test personally because i think it tests character and mm-hmm. i think it tests mm-hmm. your ability to mm-hmm. execute things under pressure mm-hmm. and although that mm-hmm. is definitely mm-hmm. positioned too early mm-hmm. and like at the end of three and days de- yeah. mm-hmm. right yeah. at least it, it what, what it ends up only testing is character yeah and my so hard yeah and you in my in my day to mm. be fair it was at the start so you were coming in completely raw with no technique <laughs> instruction. Let's go. And just, can you do it or not? And <laughs> if you couldn't, you couldn't. And then you were potentially, your hand was ripped open in a lot of cases. Yeah, and then dead. you had three days of 10,000 swings to do, <laughs> among other things. Um, oh, my. With, with torn hands and you're getting, yeah. you know, athletic tape and you're doing all yeah, this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because rem- you hadn't got a clue what you were doing in the first place. So. Yeah. You know, that, you know. That, that was kind of like the same when I had to do the IKFF uh, CKT2 test from Steve yeah. Cotter, yeah. where it's a biathlon, which I've learned then later. It's uh, 40 jerks with double 20 kgs and uh, 100 snatches with a 20 Good. kg. And I, I did it. I did it with, with raw technique. I, I, I look back, I'm like, how did I do this? Yeah. But I think it's spirit, right? It's the heart. Yeah. It's the, yeah. I, I, gotta, I gotta go for it, which I do see. I do see the aspect, <laughs> yet... I would, I would like to see this also in the materials. Like, hey, sometimes, you know, I love it. I, what Luca said, uh, my brother from, from Canada, who runs uh, Kettlebell Hardstyle uh, Pro, he said, hey, you know, training or practicing is putting money in the bank and then spending it on fight night. Yes. I love it. Yeah, I yes. love it. And yes. I, I just like to see that. And I Impl- uh, implement this idea as well in my training i'm like yes. you know most of the times you're you're just uh not going balls to the walls but maybe there's a moment where like okay let's go right yeah 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 i mean got it you probably it probably 
would be best positioned maybe as a as a video submission three weeks after the certification mm. where go away and train and and, yeah. and then and then yeah. come back come back when not when you can't do a, not just do 100 reps but you can do them comfortably yeah. it's, fu- it's funny yeah. it's funny what you said what you said there about um 20 rpm and about this being a really fast pace with a fairly decent load i agree right but in heart and the hard state of community especially in the more novice end of things um 20 rpm isn't viewed as quick it's two different perspectives it's like a bodybuilder oh. will say a bodybuilder will say six reps is you going heavy and a powerlifter will say well that's you going late because that, that's high reps and a bodybuilder will say that's low reps respect and so and so it's perspective right and the one of the big problems with the snatch test is almost everybody goes too fast mm. right and mm. and it's kind of encouraged with the mm. emphasis on the secret service snatch test um as like the overlord like the the snatch test on steroids so to speak the 10 minute version mm-hmm. um to try and get as much as possible into it and because there's no because hard style isn't a sport so much as it is a system mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. there isn't as many definitive hang your hat um no no count no rap rules right so mm-hmm. you've got guys doing hitler yeah. Yep. saluting Hitler every every two seconds, you know, <laughs> which is just as goes just doesn't cool anyway yeah. in my book. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it's just to be generally and avoid it in general in society. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> especially, especially with like a, an old school object yeah. in your hand. Anyway, most, most the, definitely the connotations oh continue. But um, let me. But 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 but, oh, but yeah. it's not full reps, and it's not that they can't do them or they don't have the mobility. It's the fact that they're trying to rush as fast as possible to get as many reps into the short period of time. And yeah, it's yeah. like it shouldn't come at the expense of form. And you know, yeah. when you're when you're tired and you're novice, and you're trying to go as fast as possible, a lot of a lot of hard style guys, especially the novices, don't re- like get. And I some of the masters do get this. Um, but some of the of the more novice type uh, practitioners don't. Um, that it's the snatch test is scary, so they want to get it out of the way as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. I just want to, yeah, let's let's go, let's go, let's go. Heart heart rates up this and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not yeah. a sprint. It's not mm-hmm. a sprint. It's five minutes. Yeah. Right. You yeah. try sprinting on a track for five minutes. Yeah. Nobody right? does that. Yeah. No, that's a mile. That's a yeah. that's a fast mile. Mm-hmm. Right. You're running. You're running sixteen hundred meters. Are you running a metric mm-hmm. mile? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. or 1500 or a metric man um you know and you're coming out the gates like you're usain bolt if you're coming out the gates like you're usain bolt you're never going to f- hit the finish line like you know el garouge or <laughs> or, or or you know mo farah or seb Cole. yeah no you're not you're not going to no. hit, hit the lane like that guy Impossible. Off you, like, you know yeah you burn yourself out it's 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 inevitable at the end of the day it's, but it's inevitable and, but that's where the that's what I like the hardstyle uh, ideology, where I just kind of like pivoted in, into the hybrid idea because I was like, um, okay, if we do if we do a not a sports swing, kind of like a hardstyle swing, which I now I now coined the the hybrid swing, where we're just hinging, no bent knees, no pendulum leg action, no nothing, and we do this swing for two minutes. This is not hard style, but it's also not sport because you don't mm. use the pendulum egg action. Mm. Mm. So, and, and, and uh, Kat's Kettlebell Dojo, she's from New Zealand. She said, well, I do hard style swing for 50 reps. And I was like, well, if we, if we, if we look at it closely, 
that's not a hard style swing yeah because hard style favors heavy weights so it's about 10 15 reps you use fairly heavy weights i used a 48 kilo for 10 reps but if i go for two minutes I used the 2024, use a similar movement pattern like in the hard style swing, just without the bent knees to a certain mm. extent, mm. just hinging as much as I can, but mm. no pendulum leg action. So here I go, I, I, I got something because I learned this idea from Steve Carter and I just went with it. I'm, yeah. Steve Carter never called himself a hybrid, but now that I'm looking but at it- he is really. He, he is. really is because he's yeah, one yeah. of the OGs who traveled to, to Russia, came back, him, him and, uh, all, all these guys uh, who, yeah. who went with him back then. Yeah, right? you've got you've got Maxwell, Carter, Maxwell, Mahler, Mahler, yeah, Mahler, uh, yeah. Marathon, um, mm, yeah, Marathon, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, a lot yeah. of lot of lot of those guys. Um, there's yeah, there's there's names I'm probably missing, um, but yeah, a lot of those guys kind of started off hard style and then, oh, like old hard style. And I'm gonna tell you if Steve. Which obviously would, would hell freeze over before this happens. But if Steve's ever in attendance of like a hard style event again, um, he'll be surprised how different it is to mm. the to the RKC that he remembers, mm -hmm. to the hard style that he remembers, mm. because it has evolved over the years. And one of those evolutions has been, um, to my observation anyway, the well we say concession is concession the right word of allowing you to dial the force, mm -hmm. which is kind of similar to what you're talking about, which is kind of similar to what that lady was saying about doing 50 swings. It's kind of, it's representative of new hard style, but it's not representative of old hard style, if that makes mm. any sense, yeah. where you dial, it's maximum maximum force production relative to the number of reps. Does that make any mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, 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 so it's oh, like, most definitely. So it's, yeah. as hard as you can yeah. go for 50, isn't the same as as hard as you could go for 20, isn't yeah. the same as as hard as you can go for 10 or one for that yeah, matter. That's, However, for me, yeah. pure yeah. hard style, for me, pure hard style is still maximum force, minimum time. Yeah, yeah. You know, relatively brief rest periods. If, it's, yeah. if, if you're trying to create a conditioning effect, mm -hmm. relatively long rest periods, if you're trying to create a, a strength mm -hmm. effect. Mm -hmm. um, and, and yeah, you see a lot of people kind of defaulting towards, well, we can talk about this, but one of the big, probably going to get in trouble for this, but are you going to say the word, are you going to, are you going to commit to the word weakness? Um, and, and both hardstyle on GS is when you try to match the principles that apply to one yeah. to the other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and you might say, well, there's not a lot of hardstyle practitioners who, who do anything that's GS related. So how are they matching some, well, Think about this. What's a five-minute snatch test? That's exactly. Right? Now, it's multi-hand switch. Okay, there's a difference. That's the only difference. <laughs> How about that? Yeah. How about that's the only difference? Yeah. Right? Because if you're trying to maximize the amount of reps and weight, by the way, by the way, folks, because I've, I've never seen anybody out snatch in terms of weight, a world-class GS athlete, right? The, the, the same principles that apply to them being able to snatch a 24 for infinity yeah. is the same principles that apply to them being snatch a 48 for a lot more than you can. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, so the, a snatch test of a five minute duration or even a three minute duration is a highly cardiovascular event. Right. Why are you trying to use 
a, a biomechanical breathing match. Mm-hmm. It makes no sense. Oh, I, I, you know, now, now that you mention it, you know, and it never happens. Yeah, it's never happened. It, it, not it, even it, once. And because naturally, you 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 have to start breathing differently. And you know what? I I've learned from Steve the breathing mechanics. Then I've heard great insights from Bill Ash. I'm take I, I I've I've listened to what Pavel is saying. And now I'm always I'm always saying like, hey, you guys are talking about power breathing because I I've learned it from from Steve as well. And I'm like. Yeah, I consider it now a different kind of power breathing. If I look at how Pavel teaches it, because it's impossible to breathe like this when you are going for efficiency. Oh, it's yeah. it's it's just not an, an, such a great analogy. Which and you know you said this, I might get in trouble for this. You know what 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 I love is taking these ideas, examining the ideas, and that doesn't make heart style wrong. That must no. that doesn't. Oh, no, it, it, it's the idea is is to understand the principles and how to apply them. So if we talk about breathing, we have to apply a different concept. And if we talk about a five minute snatch snatch test, it only comes down to one thing: efficiency. And if we talk about efficiency, it's the GS guys, right? It so is, so we got to talk is. about them. But if we talk about beast tamer stuff, where I have to do a pistol squat with a forty eight kilogram, then I'm like, okay, maybe GS. Uh, I don't know. Got to talk to some. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and then and then it gets funky when you get kind of hybrid events, like for example, a long set of press. But we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Looking forward to this. Man. But but yeah. but but let us let, stay on the snatch test for a while, um, because you could dedicate a whole podcast just to the snatch test. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or the snatch in general as an exercise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. it's it's like the golf swing of kettlebell exercises. It's mm. so technical um, mm-hmm. and you can come at it like Conan the Barbarian. Like for example, the first time I ever went to a driving range, <laughs> sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, pivoting a bit here, but I'll come back. I, I, I digress. <laughs> My friend of mine was playing golf for years. This is, this is going back nearly 20 years actually. Mm. Um, and I was a powerlifter, a boxer, I, I, like very physically strong but hadn't got a clue about golf, right? And we were at a driving range. He says, I said, I don't want to play golf. I don't want to play golf. He says, look, we'll just go to a driving range. You'll, you'll like that. You get to hit, hit the ball hard. And I'm like, right, okay, we'll do that. Okay. <laughs> that sounds like more my speed. So he was like talking about all this technique and stuff. And he was whacking these balls and they were going quite far, right? Now the range was relatively small range. They had mm-hmm. a fence that was about, I don't know, 250, 300 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he was banging it in the high twos and he was a small guy. His technique was beautiful. He was single, single digit handicap. Um, wow. Wow. I was just, I was just single digit like bra- brain function when it came to, <laughs> when it came to golf. Right? Single digit brain function. <laughs> you know what I mean? So awesome. I was coming at this like, right? Yeah, let's like, go. Like Conan the Barbarian. Yeah, right? Give me that thing. I literally <laughs> ran at it like Happy Gilmore and smashed it clean over the fence right <laughs> i and I, then I, I just dropped the golf club and said you could train a chimp how to do this and walked off and he was now obviously the next 20 shots didn't go like that right but it was so funny that it was the first shot and it was just pure brute force yeah that 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 sent it beyond his technique okay so um, like I wrote an article for a magazine years ago for Fighters Only magazine that argued that 
and, and, and I believe accurately so, that if the gap in strength is big enough, technique doesn't matter, no matter what we're talking about. Ah, wow. Right? And that wow. is true. Now, I was, I was, I was, I was um, mm. using the, uh, it as a fighting analogy, and it's true. It's true. The problem is that the gap in technique between human beings rarely gets big enough for a super accomplished black belt in several arts not to be able to beat an extremely strong novice. However, if we think about it in terms of even similar human ana uh, anatomy, you know, get Fedor Emelianko, is what I said in the magazine, right? Get Fedor Emelianko, who was the big guy at the time, right? Um, and put him in with a male silverback gorilla who knows nothing. Oh, the gorilla has teeth. Take his teeth out. Take his teeth yeah. out. It's going to, yeah, it's going to crush him. Who's going to win, right? Yeah. Get Fedor and Randy, who were the two big guys at the time, UFC and Pride, um, and, as, and, and any other five MMA fighters. Yeah. What does the gorilla know? Even his basic level of cognition is way below that of, of, of a human novice, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. The gap in strength is too big. The raw Technique doesn't force. matter. Wow. Technique doesn't matter, right? Hathor Bjornsson topped out a BJJ black belt. It's on YouTube just through chest pressure because he weighed like 200 kilos. It's, yeah, it's just that the, 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 the gap is, I get it, the gap is so big right. that strength will overtake technique, right? It will, right? However, you can't back on that and because, you know, what's the chances of you being one of those freaks? And super strength and super technique is always best, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, when it comes, but we've, we've, we've digressed massively, when it comes to this, to, to something like the snatch test, what makes sense from a breathing perspective is an anatomical match. And everybody who I've ever seen in the past 20 years, um, either in training, online, or at a live certification event, Everybody goes anatomical after about two minutes, a yeah. minute, yeah. yeah, right. After about twenty or thirty reps, everybody yeah. goes anatomical. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the faster the pace they're trying to go, yeah, the sooner they go anatomical. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or anatomic. Um, and so trying to do that is is futile. Equally funny is when you see a GS guy trying to do a one rep max press, and they try to breathe anatomically yeah and it's you, like, you have to breathe on you need a biomechanical yep. match now you need a mechanical match Love it. Love um it. it's horses for courses and then knowing how to how to toggle also between apply. the two yeah um for a, a a hybrid type event yeah like for example last year it took me four years to achieve it um i had the goal of being able to press strict press um a 40 kilo kettlebell for 40 reps with one arm with no leg drive at 40 years old and i did it and it's on Massive. youtube um now yes there's a bit of sidling you could say it's kind of semi-military semi-side press but there's no leg drive and i'm happy enough with it because nobody else has ever done anything close to that you know and everybody i have a 40 i have a 40 kilogram here which i managed to do a, a turkish get up with and you know, if you feel how heavy that stuff gets after after that, even the 32, but after that mark, 
and uh, it's it's just for people who never press the weight like this. I, and I heard this. I, I, you know, people commented sometimes on YouTube like, "Hey, yo, I can I can press a 28 kg and I'm weak." I'm like, yeah, you know, it's mm. kettlebells are different. You can't treat it like a barbell. Mm. But as soon as you uh, match, I love it. If, as soon as you find your match, right? Mm. So you have that strength, that level of strength, that size. That's the kettlebell that you're supposed to press. Yeah, and it gets different. So that's that's an achievement, man. That's powerful. It's an achievement, but it's it's one that took four years. Like um, mm. in, in December 2016, it was a four rep max, so I couldn't do five. I tested wow. myself, and I failed halfway up the fifth rep. Um, and I actually ended up having to do it on my weaker arm because my right shoulder got hurt. <laughs> so if you watch the thing, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I do it with my it left. I do it with my left arm, yeah. um, and I'm right-handed. But and the last rep looks like the first. I could have done. I estimate sixty. Wow. So it, it, I was probably capable of forty to a limit, maybe a year beforehand, maybe eighteen months beforehand. But I wanted the weight until it was comfortable because my whole thing is the fastest way and the safest way to make progress in anything physical mm-hmm. capacity related mm-hmm. isn't to try and push your limits. It's mm-hmm. to expand what represents your comfort zone until Ooh, that comfort that. zone envelops the limit. Wow. And so now where's the limit? Well, we don't know. We don't even need to know what's the point in even testing it because it's dangerous. Everything mm-hmm. you do in the gym, shouldn't be about displaying a limit or testing a limit. It should be about increasing a limit. And the things that best increase limits are stuff that are very far away from them, right? Because you're never going to lift a weight you can't lift by trying to lift it. Um, you have to, if you, if, you, if you can configure your program and the mathematics around your programming in such a way that it makes the weights you can lift easier to lift, then it will make the weights you can't lift Closer. Yeah. Most right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's as simple yeah. as that. It's a simple, simple, uh, uh, idea. Yet my question would be how much, because that's something that I wrote down. It's, uh, now that we've segued into this, how much do you think when it comes to strength, mm-hmm. um, how much is genetic potential and how much can be trained? Well, it's, that's how long is a ball of string, but I'll attempt it. Um, well, okay, a lot of it in terms of your ability to get to the very top of something, it depends, it depends what the answer, what the end point of your answer is. If it's to be the best at something, the vast majority yeah. of it is going is to depend on your genetic Genetics, inheritance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. However, mm-hmm. Um, if it's to become the best that you can be, then your genetics are irrelevant because you've got what you've got. And it's all programming at that point. It's mm, a great answer, it's man. It's all programming. Mm. And, and, and whether or not you're endowed with what Eddie Hall has or what Dennis Vasilev has or what Ivan Denisov has or, or you know, what I have or what you have or what the guy down the street has is irrelevant mm-hmm. because you, ha- you can't change what you've got. It's yeah. like back to what I said earlier about picking your parents wisely. <laughs> it's like you have what you have. You got what you got. Yeah. You know? And the only thing that that's like um, one of my mother's favorite uh, philosophical things to, to tell me if I was having trouble with something as a child was 
the serenity prayer, right? It's like a, a Catholic prayer where it's uh, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. That's one of the <laughs> yeah. That's one of the greatest prayers ever uttered. It's hundred percent. And you don't have to be religious to get something from that. No, it's, it's hugely no, philosophical. Hugely, but it, it's so powerful because it puts you at a place where you're like, hey, discernment is such a an important virtue or important skill to develop to understand what is in my realm of control and where where there's no control over okay so i just gotta leave it at that it's just so powerful and if you focus on the uncontrollable like why do i not have great genetics yeah. it makes the controllable harder to control oh yeah oh wow and and that is like now you're now you're cut you're chopping off your own feet and trying to run a oh. race you know, it's like the race is going to go ahead without you, whether you're running or not. And you may as well have feet because it's useful when you're running. Yeah. Um, and if you're cutting yeah. off your own feet, there'll be, there'll be no shortage of people trying to cut your feet off along the way. Yeah, oh, so, most definitely. You know, yeah, life, life is going to make it hard for you either way. Make it hard either That's way. Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I so, love it. so then it's a choice. And it, and it all mm. kind of organically ties into to your, um, to what I was talking about earlier with pain. It's like it's a choice. Pain is 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 in a, in certain scenarios is inevitable. Mm -hmm. Just like death is inevitable. Mm -hmm. You can't outrun the reaper, mm -hmm. and you can't change what way pain feels. But you mm -hmm. can change what way you feel about pain. And although you can't you can't you can't get rid of death, you can definitely change what way you live, and that will change what way you die. No matter what way that is, well, you know, when I, we're, we're going, we're going off on a mad tangent. Yeah, here, yeah, yeah. But, but it all relates to kettlebells. Yeah, <laughs> you know, love it. And, and a lot yeah. of these things, a lot of yeah. these things that 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 I'm talking about here, I have actively applied in my mm. pursuit of certain kettlebell-related goals, or barbell-related goals, or combat-related goals, mm. or body weight-related goals, mm. or business-related goals, anything mm. Mm. personal, even just. That, it's universal. The universal rules of, of human improvement. Yeah, it's and and that's where one one Latin expression that I live by, which I love so much that I think about getting it getting a tat of it, is "civis uh, pace in parabellum," and that means if you want peace, prepare for war. Oh yes, I have heard. That's I, I believe I've heard that before. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I wouldn't have ever been able to retort the latin version of it in yeah. a million years but i, I remember the translation it, it's so powerful it's, it's very it's, powerful exactly and, and, you know and, and it relates to that thing that you said earlier that that joe rogan put up i believe um if i can extrapolate from what that was it sounded like um there was a really old adage that is hard times create strong men yeah strong men create good times Good times create weak men. Weak men create hard times. And then the cycle continues. And the cycle yeah. continues, right? And it's you know it's the same thing with history repeats itself. I just I just read this, uh, an interesting uh, excerpt about uh, from Ray Dalio where he talks about the you know the powerful mechanisms behind those world powers that we had you know China and the Roman Empire and blah blah blah, blah. and and you see that one thing because you mentioned education. He always says you know in every country where education is low everything else drops mm, right mm. well so, it makes sense doesn't it yeah so and if, knowledge, knowledge knowledge is, is, is power. power and enlightenment is contentment right because yeah. 
because where there's where there's lack of understanding, there's fear, and where oh, there's fear, yes. there's there's violence. You know, yeah. because it's a, it's a it's a human reaction to try to either you're either going to run, it's fight or flight, it's fight or flight. It dates, fight flight. It dates back, and and, it, and fight or flight can happen on a on a societal level because what is society except a collection of individuals, right? Most, and, and, most definitely. And, and we yeah. have this sort of synergistic, um, esoteric, almost metaphysical, intangible connection to everybody. Yeah. You know, like yeah. if you feel bad, if I if I if I got a, a, a sense that you were feeling bad right now, mm. it would impact my mood, right? Mm. Yeah. We are yeah. pack. We are pack creatures. We are social yeah. creatures. Which yeah. is one of the reasons why lockdown has been so hard on everybody, and, yeah. and, 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 yeah. and why mental yeah. health has gone all sorts, and, and vi- violent crime has gone up, domestic yeah. crime has gone up. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, you know you that can ar- you can argue the the you can argue the, the efficacy, yeah, yeah of, the efficacy of it, of it back yeah, yeah. and forth. Mm. But 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 one thing that's not open for debate is that it has ramifications that are negative, regardless of whether or not it's <laughs> efficacious to do it or not. I, I, you um, know, I've heard one scientist say that. Uh, the kids that were taken out of school for three months, they will feel it forever. I can attest their to whole that. life. I can attest to that because my children. I have four children, and three of them are school age, and one of them's a baby. That's whew, whew. Oof, well, <laughs> let me just <laughs> let me just tell you, it's tough. But you're uh, a busy man, most oh definitely. Oh God, I'm <laughs> running a global fitness business. And I'm running online clients. And I was trying to train like a 20-something professional athlete for Dennis Vasilev. So the, yeah, the, yeah. Past, the past nine weeks were a challenge. Most definitely. But, but anyway, um, mm. so I don't want to hear excuses from anybody. Let me, let me just put it that way. Yeah. If, if this old man can do it, if old man River can do it, then you can do it. Awesome. But, no, I mean, everybody's experience is relative. But um, And ironically, when I was in my 20s, I couldn't have handled my life now. It's yeah. like it's it's like, it's everything's the same. same. It's like progressive resistance. If you hand somebody a hundred kilos and say bench press that on day one, they're going to hurt themselves. Yeah. That's like that's the equivalent of handing somebody four kids and saying go be a father. It happens and sometimes. It's tough. Even sink or swim. You 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 know I mean family is probably the biggest, you know the biggest responsibility that you have. Yeah. And one of the responsibilities that is somewhere up there is success. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. On every level, you know, financial or it doesn't matter. Success handed on a, ver- on a very young age can be massively detriment- detrimental. Oh. You, 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 you know, I see it now. The last five years have been the best years of my life. And I, you know, I kind of look at the crisis like, you know, when this, when this whole thing is over and my business is still standing, then, hey, it, it, it stood the test of time and stood the test of trial. Okay, yep. that, that, that's good, right? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, success is something that, it, it can encompass you in so many areas. And when, when money starts flowing that you have never seen before, you, you, you have to be so careful with that stuff. Oh, listen. I mean, I came from square one in terms of money. My parents tried their best, but it was where it was. And, you know, like, there used to be a thing called the European Economic Community, the EEC. And it was <laughs> every month where I lived, a big van arrived, right? And a box full of tins of food arrived for the people who lived wow. in the area. And the tins were just white tins with three blue letters that said EEC. 
and you didn't know it was in the tins and you had to try and shake the tins to see was it stew was it custard and once that shit was opened you had to eat it as well because you couldn't put it to waste <laughs> so it was like come on now come on now it was like it was like a game of dice every time oh oh i got sausages right? oh no like, you know i got the lottery burgers, right? wow. so yeah. so that's my start right wow. and there was people a lot worse off again mm. Mm. um mm. And, but, but I have been fortunate enough to be able through hard work and dedication yeah. and fortune and a bit of, a bit of, a bit of luck, Most become it. very successful, um, educationally in a, in a sporting career. And then also professionally, the, the amazing 12 is, is a global, is a, is a globally successful thing. That's awesome. Um, and it's something that I'm very proud of because it's also, it's helped to change at now nearly 10,000 lives around the world in it's over powerful. 180 locations around the world. It's um, and counting. Um, and it all started with, but that's a hell of a story in itself. I don't know if we'll get to it, but it all started with one act of, you know, me essentially trying to save my friend's life. It's a bit of, it's a, it's a strange story, but from that, just, it was just, that was just the acorn that's that, that sprout this tree that now has its branches all over the world. And, there's now people who I've never even met yeah. who are sending me emails thanking me or can get Powerful. this to Paul, get this to Paul. So like there's there's the, the admin staff are sending me stuff, maybe not on a daily basis, but at least on a weekly or monthly basis from all over the world saying thank you and this and that. That's overwhelming Yeah. because, yeah. you know, I'm not even sure I got into it to do that, if I'm honest, but that's what happened. That's what happened. You know, and that's I'm what really, happens. really glad it did. Mm. You know, mm. I mean, at, at mm. the time... I was the guy trying to get out, you know, um, mm -hmm. but now it's helping other people and it's helping other people in the fitness industry to do the same thing in their business. Mm -hmm. I'm essentially trying to turn them into what happened to me in Belfast because um, it absolutely exploded and that's what caught the world attention. But, um, you know, the, the, the point is that it, it doesn't matter how hard your start is. You can, you can, you can definitely, you know, with hard work and progression, you can take that, that out of here and you can take it through hard times and the old adage of hard times don't last hard people do, yeah. um, is again, yeah. you know, it's cliche and it's tongue in cheek, but yeah, it, it's, it's very true. I wanted to say that it sounds, it sounds so cheesy, but, yeah. but there's so much truth behind it. Even, even, you know, we live in a world where we want to change, where a lot of people want to change this idea of hard work. And I'm always like, listen, when it comes to success or just, you know, pursuing what what you have as a goal and being willing to adjust it. You know, I love what you said. Like, I don't even know if I wanted to do this. Or I have if, to be uh, honest. Right? Yeah. One, of my, one of my qualities on simultaneous faults is uh, a complete inability to infantilize or, or um, sugarcoat anything. Um, and I do, I do believe that that is a remnant of my childhood yeah. because it was just like, well, Johnny got blew up, you know, <laughs> you know, just, or whatever, you know, that's just or, so or, massive, you know, yeah. or it's like, you got to fight this guy after school, you know, or, I mean, like, like, like early childhood experiences where you're like fighting two people at once. And one of them has a claw hammer and you're, you're, you're nine or you're seven years old, you know, it's yeah. It's like, like, this is a daily, yeah. daily, yeah. And it's not just me. That I, I'm quoting a direct, that actually did happen to me. I was able, there was a, <laughs> One kid got hit by another kid, and that kid was my friend. So I hit that kid, 
And then that kid went and got his older brother, who was two years older. And I had to fight those two kids and the older brother had a claw hammer, right? And they're not, this, is, this actually gets ridiculous, but I had a, a, an old furry washing up liquid bottle that was filled with hot water because Ghostbusters were big, it was big at the time. And I was pretending <laughs> to be the Ghostbusters. Yeah. And I was squirting this boiling water in this guy's face. Oh and my God. That's what was distracting him long enough for me to avoid the hammer. Right? Oh my God. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't make this up, right? But, <laughs> that's, yeah. But this, this is giving you an insight into yeah. how I just am incapable of yeah. infantilization. Yeah. Um, I just call it like it is. Yeah. And the, what, I just remember the point I was going to make earlier um, is that success, I've enjoyed this success, but I, when I didn't have, you know, two pence to rub together when I was like um, in my late teens, early 20s, in the 90s, uh, I remember the 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 Biggie Smalls song, More mm. Money, More Problems. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. a big hip hop fan when I was younger. I was a big hip hop fan. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah. Still. Oh, uh, still, still. still to this oh, day. still. Yeah, yeah. Always, right? Always, yeah, yeah. And and you know, people don't realize the more money you make, the more problems you get. I remember looking at it going, Biggie, that's easy for you to say. <laughs> yeah. What Puck kind of problems well, are you talking you about? What, uh, what problems have you got, right? Yeah. Um, or pu- puffy, yeah, okay. Well, you can dry your eyes with the Benjamins there, Sean. <laughs> Most definitely. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. But as it turns out, yeah, it they actually is. are, right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's mm-hmm. like everything goes up. You know, you all mm-hmm. of a sudden you're in a different tax bracket, or all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you know, more people. It's like the more money you make, mm-hmm. the more problems you do have with it. The more and- success you have, the more good people you need around you. Yeah. You know. I think I think one of the biggest attributes that comes with success that I have to manage is the pressure. Oh that, yeah. The internal pressure where you're like, wow, uh, last January was like this. You better hit it, boy. Yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. like, how am I? And, and I'm like that guy. I just want to serve. I, I have a economic goal, but I, I, I got this through serving people. I was kind of like the same. I followed. A, a musical approach, a musical career for 15 years. That's what a hip hop thing came in and stuff. Yeah. For 15 oh, years. Fa- yeah. Found out it didn't work out. Yeah. It was it was a, was great. Took me took me to the states, and then yeah, there was one point where I had to realize, okay, now you either do this for the next 10 years with no bread, no nothing, or you start pivoting. Yeah. That's why that's why I'm kind of a little bit allergic to the saying of never give up. Yeah, I'm almost yeah. like, I'm almost like, hey, man, sometimes you have to give up. Yeah, yeah. You have to give up on, don't give up on yourself, but make sure you have to give up on your dreams. That's, a, that's an important distinction. Right. A, a similar thing happened with me and fighting. Um, although, I'm not sure I, I'm not sure I gave it a hard enough shot because um, I was, I had earned certain opportunities mm. um, that I then that I then didn't cash in the chips on for different reasons. Mm. Um, and maybe if I had of, I, I potentially do have some regret in that regard, to be honest, if I'm just, if I'm honest about it. Um, Cause I don't think it was a lack of ability. I think it was a lack of um, not even so much commitment, but I found as I've heard George St. Pierre talk about a lot post career, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I found the lifestyle difficult, the nerves, like the, the, I didn't find the fighting hard. I didn't find, I loved the training, but the making weight, I hated. 
and then because I was always enormous at the weight, mm-hmm. um, like I used to I used to box at 132 pounds, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm six feet tall, and I'm I'm muscular. <laughs> right? oh my God, now man. obviously I couldn't make that weight now, but uh, mm. I was always big at the weight. I was always big, like a 77 inch reach and things like that as, as a as a lightweight, um, and I didn't like I didn't like making weight, and I didn't like the nerves like the the see trying to control that steady flow of stress mm-hmm. that just gets it, it's like it's like a pyramid and it starts off low level and with the more proximal you come to the fight it just amps up and up and up until like you're in the changing rooms and for me anyway it was almost like on fire with wow fear and, mm-hmm. and, and nerves mm. um, and then you're having to overcome that every time I suppose it's courageous but it's mm-hmm. very stressful mm-hmm. and, and much like what you hear Mike Tyson talking about as you're walking to the ring it disappears with every footstep you get more confident mm-hmm. with every footstep you remember everything that you did mm-hmm. to get there with every mm-hmm. footstep you remember how, how insolent this person is for even thinking he needs to be in the same ring as you <laughs> and by the time you step yeah. through the ropes you're a god nobody can mm. beat you so i look forward to the walk but every single day leading up to it was like hell it was mm. like a, an increasing level of hell mm. and you're not sleeping at all the night before mm. and you're coming mm. getting up tired and i don't know it was just i wasn't in love with that part of it and i think that mm. ultimately led to mm. um you know more breaks than what there should have been i would mm. win go away for a while, come back, mm-hmm. win something, go away for a while, mm-hmm. come back, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I think that, 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 that was ultimately it. But, but yes, giving up on your dreams isn't necessarily even what happened to you. I would ask her, I would say, because who are we to know what our dreams are? I'm yeah. not the, I'm yeah. not the same person yeah. that I yeah. was oh, most what, 10 years yeah. ago yeah. or or let alone 20 yeah. when I was trying to be a fighter. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm not the same person. And so as we evolve, so do our, so do what's best for us. Yeah. 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 Right. And, you know, Mm. maybe we haven't figured out this whole thing called reality or life or existence, but maybe it's a combination of choices and destiny. Mm. Maybe it's not one or the other. Yeah. Maybe, maybe there's crossroads. Maybe there's signs. Maybe we need to learn how to read the signs. Mm-hmm. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe it's not giving up when a sane is pushing you in a direction mm-hmm. that's better. It's just as simple as that. That's why I think these signs uh, that you are interpreting are what I call being able to adjust. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, if, you, if, you're, if you're not able to adjust and you always listen to people and folks and gurus who push you into one direction, I think, you know, realizing a goal or realizing a dream, as they say it, is something that takes a mature approach, right? It's not that it's not that itchy feeling. I'm like, oh, this is my dream. I got to follow it. And, you know, the world is against me and all that type of stuff. Mm, mm. And uh, I'm, or, or even that, you know, that that proud view of yourself like yo i'm so good i deserve this yeah yeah i mean if you're not muhammad ali i i, I don't think you're you're supposed to say stuff like this but no no you know no. Uh, on a certain level 
And even, yes, there are outliers who, who realize their dreams that way, but we have to imagine these are outliers. This is mm. one in a billion case. And most of us have to take an, a, a mature approach to building a, a goal or following a goal and always being ready. And that's what the beautiful thing about age does to you, if you're willing to, right? Is you start adjusting your, your expectations. Your, yeah, your expectations. Yeah. Yeah. You, you build different sets of experiences where you realize, okay, this is, wow, this is, now that I look back on the musical thing, I'm like, thank God I didn't make it. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. Because I always had, as you mentioned, you didn't like this, or this approach of you know day to day as it comes closer and that the stress increases and all this uh, 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 that that stuff that comes with it with it in my case I I hated the music industry for what they do because when you listen to the radio it's always the same artists always the same playlists you know the the music labels they buy the spots they run on heavy rotation and here you go you got a number one hit and we have so much local talent. And mm -hmm. why does the, I mean, I'm going on a tangent a little no, bit. No, 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 no. Why, yeah. why does the local radio not push local talent? Mm. Folks who are local. Mm. Uh, and KRS-One says something that's so great. I'm just, I'm, I have to paraphrase it, but um, radio. Yeah, that's an OJ. Yeah, okay. yeah, that's an OJ. And he says, he says uh, radio is supposed to push local MCs. Yes. Right? Local people. Why, why do we always listen to that international crap most of the time yeah yeah and yeah. why do we ignore the people who, who are craftsmen or craftswomen mm, mm. and listen to them yeah we well i mean this for hours man i'm a i'm a i'm a i i again got into hip-hop in the 80s um when my brother was in the belfast city breakers breakdancing <laughs> awesome and, yeah. and i i was this kid b-boy i was yeah. i was i was a b-boy a kid I was like, no, that like you see that kid doing like body popping and and the robot and yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and and, and break electric boogie and stuff, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So I had the can gold hat. I was like a, like the mascot or something. I had like the can gold hat, and I would yeah, the out. white one, yeah, 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 yeah. And and with all the badges and and the you yeah. know the, the run run the MC and yeah, yeah, Ali badge and Beastie Boys and Everything. you know. And I knew all I knew all the all the flows and all the raps, do all the songs. Yeah, and, all the lyrics. Yeah, yeah. Dougie Fresh and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and, and all these guys. And so <laughs> um I'm doing this and, and I'm coming out while all these like teenagers are doing all all this stuff and I'm like just getting in the way. And but we just see he does this and my, my brother was like almost used me as a mascot to get closer to girls and things and go, go, go <laughs> do that it. thing. Basically, I taught him everything he knows. Go, do go thing. do it. You know, so, but hip hop back then, mm. regard, I was living, I'm getting, I'm getting into, oh, you know, music in my day. It's not mm. like my, my father here, but um, it, it spoke to the environment that I found myself in, mm. even though it was predominantly an African-American um, music at that time, it hadn't really went global. It hadn't really went multiracial. Mm -hmm. It hadn't really went. No, yeah. In fact, yeah. it hadn't at all. Yeah. Um, this is this is pre Vanilla Ace even. Ice Ice Baby. Listen, yeah, yeah. I don't care who, what anybody says. Black, white, young, old, everybody loved that song when it first yeah, came out. Yeah, most definitely. Now, he, he went. He went very. He paved the way. He, he paved I mean, the way. Listen, yeah, it was a we great got, tune. We it gotta pay. Tune. Yeah, we gotta pay some respects. Yeah, it was. It was. It was kind of a sellout. It was kind of cheesy it was kind of this it was kind of a lot of things and where it went to wasn't great you know with the turtle power and all that but mm, mm. but but ace ace baby was a track 
It was mm. at the time. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, yeah. Dum, dum, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's like, gotta do a circle. Let's go. Show me a move. So I love it. And then yeah, the running man, I've got the, yeah, yeah. the haircut and everything. But um, but but the point was, we were like the palest people on the planet, like with, with <laughs> zero like Celts have like zero melanin production. This is this yes. is a this is a mutation, right? This is, this, is, this is mutation from the original human form. This is what happens when Homo sapiens go so far north yeah. to such an overcast no, place. That, that, that literally we can't get any vitamin D from the sun. Yeah, impossible. So it's like <laughs> dump, it. dump all melanin and see what you can do. You know, <laughs> and, and the closest thing we get is freckles, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> However, sociologically, mm. there was a lot in the music that was relatable. Yeah. You know, because we're living in a ghetto, we're living in a high rise, we're living in a project. There's mm. violence, broken glass everywhere, people pissing mm. on the stairs, you know, that just don't mm. care. I can't take the smell. I can't take the noise. I've got no money to move out. I guess I've got no choice. Junkie in the, or, or was it, was it roaches in the back room? Junkies in the alley with a baseball bat, all that, right? So mm. it's been a long time, mm. right? Don't push me because I'm close to the edge. Yeah. I'm oh, trying not to me. lose yeah. my edge. Yeah. Right? Mm. It's like a jungle. Sometimes it makes me wonder how I keep from going under. Like that was our, our Sugar Hill gang, right? I was the very original, original. Very original. Um, you yeah. know, um, but like it spoke. And then when you hear like NWA and you hear Public Enemy and you hear, you know, it, it spoke to where we were and it spoke mm. to what was going on almost. Mm. You know, mm. and it's not exactly the same. I'm not trying to, mm. not trying to say that, but we mm. kind of were an ethnic or um, religious minority who was kind of segregated against and, you know, in mm -hmm. different ways in terms of employment, mm -hmm. in terms of housing, in terms of opportunities and different things and, and mm. you know you know it, it so that type of music kind of spoke spoke to me yeah. we've gone off on a hell of a time yeah, yeah. but yeah yeah most but, definitely and just you know, uh, on, on a final note and then we can jump to dennis because uh i i'm we we're wow we're one one hour and 40 <laughs> minutes in and i i gotta do some work afterwards with some <laughs> clients but just you know what i what i think is where we at where many people are especially politicians nowadays either avoid it, ignore it, or forget it, is common humanity. That's, mm. that's where it boils down mm. to. Mm. We, I, I, and that's why I'm like, I do not care what you look like, where you're from, what, what your name is, what your background is. If, if, if we can set a level of respect and have a conversation, even if we disagree, and that's mm. where, you know, on sometimes the videos that I do, get sometimes the that negative feedback which i enjoy because it shows me wow there is even a a problem that exists right but you know youtube recently just took away the dislike button for i don't know why they did it and oh we know why God. they did it yeah it's crazy but what actually is is you see that even we can uh on a normal level disagree with each other say okay this is my standpoint this is your viewpoint we can talk about it and if I don't see enough enlightenment in your point to convince me that the point that I'm having is maybe not wrong, but maybe I'm, I'm on, a, on a different side, then I'm like, hey, I do get your point, but I still hearken to my views, and that's totally fine. Yep. I mean, common humanity. And, and, and uh, to, to uh, draw a segue back and circle right back and use, use that as a tangent to come right back in, 
um, that applies directly to the kettlebell world. You know, um, when we when we look at the the historic argument between hardstyle and GS, let's say it's a debate. The only way we ended up getting out of that was by everybody acknowledging that everybody had a point and that everything had value within context. Before that, it was just noise about, oh, well, you know, your thing's only good for, for, oh yeah, it's functional. If the only thing you're doing is kettlebell sport or, oh, let me uh, breathe like I'm Latin art of a tar and, and you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, oh, you can't do mm. anything and, you know, you can't mm. last longer than a minute and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, let, let's, let, let, let's see you snatch something for more than 10 reps, you know, and it just gets petty and it's like human beings have a great capacity to go one way or the other, right? We have the capacity to, to, to be, to go in the direction of um, shared knowledge and extreme learning and as soon as as even as a society um like like during the renaissance period where we mm. see humanity going that direction mm-hmm. huge benefit for all of society is quick in tow right mm-hmm. so it's like there needs to be disagreement in order to push progress there needs to be it, debate yeah. in yeah. order to find truth yeah there needs yeah. to be then, analysis yeah. Yeah. in order to yeah. to create context and find truth yeah from right? all sides from, from all, all sides we i i called uh cat's kettlebell dojo she coined it communal learning yep you, and you guess, sit- guess guess sorry guess what happens when the opposite of that when you start restricting what people are allowed to read when you start restricting what people are allowed to learn when you start actively taking away yeah it's, through it's, fear right what you get obvious what you get is the dark ages which kind of followed the Renaissance where technology went backwards for hundreds of years or things like Nazi Germany, which wasn't that far removed. You know, you're not allowed to read these books. Why? Yeah. Because they may give us a different perspective on the fact that this is insane. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. And yeah. so yeah. The, 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 the lessons of history are there if we, we want to, you know, look at them and, and learn yeah. from them. Yeah. And that's why, that's why I think segueing <laughs> into, into this idea with Dennis, that's why, you know, coming from a hybrid, as I, as I call you, uh, taking on this idea and the challenge to uh, work with Dennis this thing out, we're like, okay, listen, uh, not the full jerk, right? No. <clears throat> it's, it's a uh, long cycle strict press, right? So mm-hmm. clean and strict press, mm-hmm. right? And I read, I read your description about it. And because I read through it, I was like, where is he talking about? And there was like, okay, you went, you went, you, you went at, you were ahead up to the seven minute pace. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yep, yep. And then he took over. So yeah. Yeah. Share a little bit about this story. Well, well, first of all, right. It's like, you can po- I can point to many reasons as to why this happened, but really there's one reason why this happened. My opponent was Dennis Vasilev. Um, you know, he is quite simply, it's it's beyond equivocation, it's beyond debate. He is the greatest pound for pound kettlebell long cycler of all time. It's as simple as that, right? He is he has put up one of the highest absolute scores, and he's only a middleweight, right? So there is no one in, in pound for pound who's better at the long cycle clean and jerk than Dennis Vasilev. And he's also undefeated in any. Cattle, but any style of kettlebell lifting competition online or in person, 
for 12 years. Um, and and he, he actually did win a global clean and strict press competition last year as well. Ah. So it's not like there's no precedence for his yeah, ability in that. Right? Yeah. And he did that on a whim as well. Right? He was training for this for quite a, a while. So if that's what he could do on a whim, I knew what I was going to be up against yeah, yeah. It was going to be something. Right? And if we look at the clean and jerk, it's everything a clean and strict press is. And it's not even apart from the press, apart from half of the press. Right, because on the jerk, your the triceps do finish the movement. Yeah, they're they're pushing the bells up and you down. Yeah, right, yeah. the legs are yeah. dropping. Right, yeah, and you're supporting overhead. Yeah. yeah, so the deltoids and the triceps are working asymmetrically, and the triceps are also working concentrically for the final third of the jerk. Right, and they're they are somewhat involved in the bump as well, whether you want them to be or not. Right, the deltoids do have to move. Yeah, and if the deltoids are moving, yeah. even even though the legs have created the space for yeah. the bell to be weightless, yeah, he is doing that tens of thousands of times over the past twenty years, mm. and his mm. GPP is like a hundred nonstop dips. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, or a right. hundred nonstop push-ups with full lockout, right? Or a seventy kilo body weight squat eighty oh, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, times, what? You know what I mean? Or, or, or you, you will also find a video of him doing seated shoulder press for 100 reps with like 30 odd kilos. Um, so this isn't a guy who doesn't have tricep strength or shoulder strength specifically either, right? Because he has had to do general physical preparedness to prepare mm. his body for the extreme special specific mm -hmm. stuff that he does mm. so that A, doesn't get hurt and B, his performance goes up, right? Mm -hmm. It's like if there's even a 10% chance for improvement, do you not think a Russian super athlete like Dennis is doing it? He's mm -hmm. doing it. Whatever doing it is, it. Yeah. he's doing it, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Even Not even so much to win the World Championships, but to win the Russia, the Cup of Russia, is harder to win than the World Championships because every person you beat is a Russian. Right? <laughs> that, 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 that's actually in many ways. national sport, yeah. That, mm. that, that's in many ways one of the... Mm. One of the tragedies of kettlebell sport is that the best kettlebell sports lifters in the world are never at the world championships. Like the guy, apart from the guy who wins, the guy who who comes who wins silver at the worlds would likely place outside the top twenty in the all Russia in the Russian nationals. So like you could probably have to go down to like the twentieth or thirtieth guy to find somebody who wouldn't win silver. But he never has the opportunity to represent Russia because yeah. there's always somebody who's better than him in Russia, but everybody else in the world isn't better than them, mm, mm, right? Mm, mm, so that, that that's one of the mm. the kind of un, untold tragedies of kettlebell sport. Um, but you know that you can say the same thing for Cuba and boxing. You can say the same thing for probably basketball in America, um, like the dream team. There's probably guys playing in college basketball who would win Olympic yeah. gold medals. Yeah, you know. Um, well, yeah, yeah. But you're not going to take, you know, an NBA player spot on the Olympic team. It's you have so many. You have so many good athletes because it's that national sport where the, exactly. where every kid starts lifting kettlebells as soon as they outside their mother's womb. Yes. Then as soon as you start competing, you're like, wow, I'm I'm the I'm the German champion, the Swiss champion, the Irish champion. So here come the the, the Russians. Be like, oh wow, man! At least you're lifting kettlebells. But I know it's us. Yeah, it's fun. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you have a hobby. 
know, it's like, <laughs> I'm glad you know that you mean? have one. <laughs> it's good. It's good. It's good to be productive in this world, isn't it? Go over there. And I'll, Love I'll it. Watch, I'll watch your little set. <laughs> I'll watch it's your like, little set. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. Yeah. what you've got in other countries is at best people in their twenties starting. At best, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's mostly men and women in their thirties yeah. who've done other sports. Yeah, yeah. And are like, oh, yeah. this is new. You'll try oh, this. that's cool. Right that's in cool. Russia, it's kids getting handed kettlebells, and then by the time they're in their twenties, they are cyborgs. Right, <laughs> and robots. then and then you've got and then you've got a society which yeah. selects for brilliance mm-hmm. and deselects for anything less. Mm-hmm. So if by the time you've you're facing somebody like Dennis. He is the pinnacle of what can happen with a human being who has yeah. kettlebells in his hands. So yeah. I was always going to be a bit of a challenge to beat him. <laughs> 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 to be fair, right? Yeah. And I, I'm super happy that I was able to, you know, in all the years that I've watched him in anything, even biathlon, which he has occasionally switched to and done stupid numbers as well. Um, I've never seen anybody hold even a, a lead of 30 seconds. I've never seen anybody in the lead with Dennis Vasilev ever. Anytime he's on the platform, for as long as he's on the platform, he's in first place. No matter what it is, I've never yeah. seen him. Yeah. And I was in the lead for seven minutes. I'm super happy about that. Like that's three quarters of the yeah. set. Yeah. Now I wasn't able to maintain it. Right. But I'm a 41 year old father of four who started training for it nine weeks ago. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, that's an achievement, man. You know, I mean, nine yeah. weeks ago, nine yeah. weeks ago, nine weeks ago, right? I was 30 pounds heavier. I had a big wow. belly, not big, but big for me. Mm-hmm. I had a 47 and a half inch chest, 17 and a half inch upper arms, right? I was really stupidly strong in the single arm press, mm. but I had zero double bell rack position because my chest was huge and my waist was huge. So I'm like this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Nine weeks later, I'm standing in front of a goat, a goat, yeah, right? Most, uh, yeah. Right. And I was in yeah, the lead. Yeah. I'm 30 pounds later. Um, I hadn't done cardio in years. I almost doubled my VO2 max, mm. right? Mm. As empirically tested as well, by the way. Mm, and, awesome. and, and I had my pressing strength, my double bell pressing strength higher than I had ever been in every rap range wow. from one to a hundred. So I can't look at this as a loss, right? Yeah. I yeah. led the great Dennis Vasilev for seven minutes and then I yeah. faded. I did, I, I did start to fade, right? Predominantly mm. what it was, was something that Dennis actually teaches against. And I've seen a video where he taught against it and I, and, uh, but it was a compromise that I had to make, I'll explain. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and you know how in a rack position for a jerk, you're sometimes you're holding one handle with the other hand. Yeah, always, always have it you, like you're this. Kinda, you're like so. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So on the cleaning jerk, you can still do that, but ah. you're, there's a trade-off. Yes. Interlocking. All right. right. See when you go like this, the hand that holds the handle fatigues prematurely quicker relative to the other hand. Right. Why is that? Because you're gripping the handle, even if you're not super gripping it, it's like there's also a greater stretch on the palm, and it's just, there's less blood flow to that hand. Doesn't matter so much on the jerk, doesn't even matter so much on the press, but on the clean, this hand tires. The hand that's holding uh-huh. the kettlebell tires, right? 
Dennis has a video where he talks about yeah. You, you, and, and you so he to, sets his handles like this, right? And, and you know, and <clears throat> I thought I tried this. I was like, Danny, you must be mad. Yeah. The kettlebells start. They start rolling down. I have to interlock them. They're too heavy. They <laughs> but he's like, you know, I, I have it like this. I was like, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. They, <laughs> as, they, they especially start doing that when your chest is as big as mine is, right? So I couldn't do it, right? I had to trade grip for rack. Because on a ten wow. minute in a ten minute situation where you're pressing kettlebells, you need the rack or you're done. Like I don't care how strong a presser yeah. you are, if you yeah. don't have a double bell rack position, you are yeah. not pressing strictly for ten minutes. No, you're no. not even going to jerk for ten no. minutes. No, Never no, 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 no. Right? No, oh, I'll tell you what. Now you know you know how hard a long jerk set is, right? Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Right now, mm -hmm. now you can't use your legs. Yeah, right. the strict Where press. I'm just, I'm just imagining when, when I heard that you guys are going on the strict press, yeah. I was like strict pressing that stuff. Yeah. Oh my! And I actually had had skin in the game for you. I was like, I think <laughs> with the background of Paul, with all his beast tamer stuff and this massive strength and you know the Irish genetics. Yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah. okay, and and I, I thought, well, Dennis, he, yeah, he 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 isn't human. We got yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But. I, he molded himself to a more, let's say like 60, 70% cardiovascular idea to, to mm, some extent. Mm, we, it's still mm. strength. We all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's why you had the lead. I was like, okay, but yeah, then probably it then was, it's it was, technique, it question, right? Mm. It was simply mm. a question. No, I'm not saying it was simply, simply a question of this. Dennis won, and that's just that. That's the bottom line. Yeah. But yeah. the reason why I faded so badly in the last three minutes was... I couldn't clean at the same pace that I was going to be able to continue to press it. Wow. So the clean slow, I was having to rest. If you watch the set back, you'll see that I was from rep one. I was resting in two places and Dennis was resting in one. Can you send me the link uh, for the, you have to send me the link for the video. I will, Is it on I YouTube it. or? It's, it's on StreamYard. It's on my Facebook. It's on my Facebook profile. If, if you actually, the bet, the bet, I don't even, okay, don't even need it. a link. If you go to my right. Facebook profile, it's like the second or third. It would, you know, it would be awesome to share some of the material in the. Oh in yes. The, in the pod, so maybe I can download uh, download it from the Facebook. Hundred percent, yeah. Okay. Well, well, as, awesome. as I'm talking about this, then maybe they're going to be watching it. So mm. if mm. you watch it, you'll see that I'm resting from the start. You don't even have to go halfway in. You can see from the start. But even though I'm moving at a faster RPM initially, I'm resting in two different places and Dennis is only resting in one and that's because he doesn't need any rest for the clean he only needed rest for the press so he was getting twice as much rest for the press than what yeah. I was and I was getting half as much rest mm -hmm. for the for for the clean well I was getting more rest for the clean but it was paying me half as as much benefit because mm -hmm. I mean at the pace Dennis is used to going at like 10 to 15 RPM in the clean and jerk with double 32s. That's that's just... So if we take the pressing element out of it entirely and just look at the clean in terms of load, pace, and duration, his body over the past 20 years is used to doing an insane volume, yeah. an insane pace with an insane weight I so mean, many times. 10, 15 with double 32s. Right, for 10 minutes straight, hundreds of times. Right, hundreds of times if you count training on competition. Yeah. And now, now, yeah. now he's being asked to clean double 24s. 
Yeah. And the pace is really slow because he can't press them with the same repetition that he can jerk them. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. So it's a really like, from if you take the press out of it, the clean is a rest for Dennis. It, the load is so light and the pace is so slow that he his grip felt zero. If anything, I'll I'll bet that his grip felt better in the mm-hmm. tenth minute than it did in the first because he warmed up. Mm-hmm. He his grip was merely it was the cleans were merely a warm up for Dennis's mm-hmm. grip, whereas <laughs> I was my my the grip my left hand was okay, but because I had to accept this yeah. rack position yeah. to get yeah. rest yeah. from his shoulders. Yeah, most yeah. This right hand was gone, Gregory. It was gone, and if you watch the way my clean like I cut, I don't know if you can see this. I cut my knuckle. Mm-hmm. My hands are fine. Yeah. Okay. I cut my knuckle. Who cuts their knuckle on a clean? <laughs> Right, especially not somebody with my level of proficiency. Yeah, yeah. It was because the right hand, and this is my right hand, as you can see. Yeah, yeah. Right, the cleans got so funky towards the end that I was trying to like, I was I skiffed the body of the bell trying to like get them into place without dropping wow. them. Wow, wow, right? yeah. So yeah. I'm sitting here, and Finbar Tulin, who's one of my uh, kettlebell students who became a world champion in a year, mm, having picked wow. up kettlebells for the first time, right? Wow. And he also totaled higher than the Russian amateur world champion at the same championship, and he's a lightweight. Wow. But anyway, he's going, come on, come on, come on. As if, you know, as if like I'm choosing to slow down. No, if I had started cleaning any faster, I lost the bells entirely. Mm. So I yeah. had the weight, I had the weight, and I was waiting longer even than I had to to press wow. because I was trying to let the grip settle because when the grip in your hand starts to go, even the press becomes more dangerous because you lose position completely. Yeah, of your and hand. then it, it gets dangerous for the shoulder. You have to be careful with so it. everything. Everything gets really. It's funky a chain reaction. It's a chain yeah. reaction. Yeah, and so yeah. that was that was. Wow. That's that's fixable though, right? Mm. And so that's yeah. what's interesting. Mm. That's what's interesting. Mm. Several months down the line, or a year, or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Know. If the world wants to see a rematch, yeah, give it a shot. It may, it may be a bit. It may be harder. It may be yeah. a bit harder. It may be a bit. Um, Dennis is going to have to pull out a bigger number. Mm. As good as and, he did do, he's going to have to do better because I will. I would definitely be better in the rematch. That's, that's awesome. I have to. I have to rewatch the video and check it out. And see how it, uh, see how the match turned out. Now, uh, Paul, uh, I'm almost out of time. Yeah. Now, you, as uh, as a last note, I'm gonna link your charity. It's unfortunate that we get, to, uh, don't get to talk about it a lot, though. But mm-hmm. uh, before we get to the charity, as a final note, and then we have to end this is, uh, I want to invite you to be a part of the Kettlebell Avengers. That's what we do. Is every two to three months, I'm sending out an email where I'm gathering all the professionals that I talk to. Love it. Um, you know, Dennis is in, Steve is in, uh, Funk Roberts is in, Bill Ash is all, all, all these uh, crazy legendary kettlebell folks. Um, oh. And then sometimes the idea is that we, some of us get together, three to four people, oh, then we have a it. conversation. Would you be interested to join? If you can get those names on the same podcast as me, mm. I would love to have that conversation. Awesome, awesome. So that's what we're going to do every three months, just sending out the links and inviting a couple of you guys. And then yeah. who's ever in, like, hey, I'm in. And yeah, then we yeah. have a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And what I want to do now is share, uh, surely, let's talk about your charity for a moment because I'm yeah. going to link it in the description, right? Yeah, yeah. And you just share why, why is that charity and what's the background? So the reason why we even did this, it wasn't like just purely to see who's the best between me and Dennis. 
um, it was it was to raise money for cancer research. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that'll be the link that you'll have. Mm-hmm. It's a GoFundMe page. We've done quite well. Um, it's it's going to be evergreen for a while though. Um, actually, after my conversation with you online, I just you know thought about you know why am I limiting this to the to just the 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 time with me and Dennis, um, like pre competition so to speak. So it's going to go on afterwards. You can still donate. Um, and it, 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 it's something that resonated a lot with me because I lost both my parents to cancer and I've lost mm-hmm. almost all, almost all, not all, but almost all of my relatives up mm-hmm. on both sides of my family at my parents' age, like aunts, uncles, this and that, mm-hmm. cousins, second cousins to cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, now, with those individuals, you can definitely link it to lifestyle choices with things like smoking and stuff like that. Mm. Um, but regardless, yeah. this will affect this will either directly, you know, person to person or with a loved one. Unfortunately, this will affect all of us statistically mm-hmm. with someone in our lives, mm-hmm. if not ourselves, mm-hmm. at some point in our lives, throughout our lives. Mm. And, you know, heart disease might be the biggest killer and we need a solution to everything. But cancer is one of those ones where um, it's harder to accept because it's like it happens usually over a longer period of time and mm-hmm. you, you literally watch a human being just disintegrate you know like a big strong man like my father was a big strong man and he was an absolute hero to me he's my first mm-hmm. hero mm-hmm. you know bigger than me and would have been stronger than me had he trained the way i trained there's no doubt he was like a, a bigger version of me mm-hmm. with other stuff as well he was just like a big man mm-hmm. um and in the end, he was like a hundred pounds, you know, at like six foot one, you know? Yeah. And, and this is, um, um, you know, and my mother had a different exit, but it was for the same reason. And, you know, and Dennis also had a coach and a competitor who he knew very personally, who were big influences in his life, who he lost to cancer. And he shared a very personal story with me as well. And he said that he was going to pull out of this at one point because he didn't think he was going to be able to be prepared for it and he had a bit of a niggling injury and this and that and he didn't want to embarrass himself and then he thought about all the other people who were suffering and mm. didn't pull out what a guy I, mean, I just have to say Dennis put it on the line mm. because it was a it was a it was a no-lose situation for me nobody expects me to be able to beat Dennis mm-hmm. but he had to beat me otherwise it was very reputationally damaging potentially yeah and he had yeah. he had nothing to win. This wasn't for money. It was for mm. money for a charity, but it wasn't. We didn't see a yeah. dime. Yeah. yeah. You know, and he did it anyway. He did it for yeah. a good cause and he did it. He has the heart of a champion. Yeah, 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 um, most definitely. Yeah. So yeah. that's why we're doing it and that's what we're doing it for. And, you know, the way I looked at it was if me and Dennis, if, if, if people out there can suffer for months and years, and if their family can suffer for years afterwards after having lost a loved one, then the least we can do is suffer for 10 minutes on a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's mm-hmm. what we did as a tribute to all those who wow. suffer and were much greater. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, that's, you know, it takes, um, you know, when it comes to these situations where um, for us younger folks, it's sometimes not easy. You know, my, my father suffers from uh, from Parkinson's disease, but not a not a very hardcore case um, yet. 
we see some, um, yeah, some situations where my my dad's 82 years old, right? So here's my here's my superhero, right? So and he's still alive, so I get to see. Um, he gets to see my success. It's it's it's. Is there yeah. both very lucky to have each other for that yeah. length of time as well? Most like? and my mother's also still alive, so um, and doing very well. And when you see how I just recently saw a picture of my dad like five years ago, and the the difference is so mm. major. And be, mm. when you see your aging parent, I, I I visit them at least three times a week. And when you see your dad so often now, and you see an older image, you don't even, you forgot that he looked like this. Mm, yes, so, 100%. And, and in that age bracket, it goes, you know, and my, my dad still trains. So he's here, he's pushing the sled, the prowler sled with- with Good for him. Yeah. With, with, with a few kilos on, he, we do some farmer's walks, right? With some light weights, we do some squats, whatever, you know, whatever we can. And he, he trains once a week with his mother, uh, with, uh, with, with my mother in the gym. And uh, it's just when you see this situation happening before your eyes, have aging parents, and you see that, you know, everybody has some, you know, God forbid, but some disease may, 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 may come up and then you have to live with it. And then, you know, my father now sometimes sees, he doesn't see my mother, he sees another person. Then my yeah, mother calls yeah, me yeah. and she's crying. And then I yeah. got to talk to my dad. I'm like, dad, that, that's, that's your wife. That's my mother. It's in many ways harder for the people it's, around it, them as yeah. well you know yeah yeah especially it, that especially you know physical physical degeneration is one thing but i've often thought that when it when it when the man starts to go it's it's harder um because yeah, yeah. because you know what i mean yeah. like i I've, I've watched that happen as, as well to um an uncle who had louis bodies um mm. syndrome mm. which is in many mm. ways similar to parkinson's but there's there's a few differences um and he unfortunately was an extreme case of it and is no longer with us but um this was a man who was super intelligent and super courageous a former soldier had read every book in the library another mm. big strong man my father's brother mm. that's where i get my red hair from i think mm. um and uh, his name was dermot McElroy and he was just another hero another big physical hero and he, you know in the 80s and stuff he had the like the the the, the bull worker and the chest expanded with the like the, the strong mm -hmm. pulling the big elastic bands and he would do all the push-ups and pull-ups and stuff and the way that like took over him and took over his ability to perceive reality was was disturbing to see you know and he it's funny how he kind of clicked back into reality shortly before he died. It was almost miraculous. It was strange where mm. we all got to see him, like him, mm. Mm -hmm. like one last time. It was, it was wow. very, very strange. Mm. But the mind is a very complex thing, you know. Um, and I yep. mean, ultimately, you know, I don't know what age you are, but I think you're in the, my general um, age bracket, if you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Mm -hmm. And just judging by the age of your parents. Mm -hmm. And and in that we are our parents now yeah when, when, when we were kids yeah you know and that that's scary because yeah. i was i was looking at my children at christmas last year mm. and thinking you know you're, i'm telling them stories about me as a kid from the perspective of my parents mm -hmm. and i'm thinking they should be here to tell you that yeah. you should be knowing your grandparents yeah and that's when i got this yeah. idea for doing this thing awesome. with dennis to try and raise some money 
Yeah, that that's powerful. See, that's in, in and in some cases, you know, you mentioned it's disturbing to watch when you see somebody, uh, or especially when when uh, when it's close a loved, loved one. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and in that case, you know, it's it's painful. But like you said, uh, what uh, it's what are we doing with this pain? So I know I can't I know I can't avoid it. My dad knows he can't avoid it. Yet, uh, I know that I'm somehow responsible to a certain degree. Well, mom's like, my mama, you can always call me. It doesn't matter what happens. So yes. I visit you as much as I can. I, I pay some of, some of the rent that you have to, uh, that I pay some of the expenses. Good. I try to take as much care as I can of, of my parents. And while it is painful at the same time, it's, hey, it's, that's just, that's the cycle of life. You just got to take care of your parents to a certain degree. They took care of you when you were, ah, right? Yeah, so, I'm beyond. Uh, I'm the, I'm the, mm. ah, stressed a lot longer. It yeah, probably, most definitely. It's stressed in the 20s, if we're honest. Yeah, I'm um, <laughs> mine in my 30s. Eh? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Stop it, man. Oh, no. Mean? Oh, but, no. You know, <laughs> like, in tw 2015 was when my mo my mother got sick. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to go on too long about this. I know we're, we're, we're running out of time, but mm. that was a tough year because I became a father for the second time. I was training a team of kettlebell lifters a team of novices who'd never lifted kettlebells before, never mm -hmm. done GS before, I should say, mm -hmm. um, to win six national titles and wow. to represent Ireland at the World Championships. Wow. And I had never competed in 10-minute GS before, done a few five-minute competitions. And I won the nationals twice, well, nationals and then Cup of Ireland in the same year. And then I represented Ireland in the World Championships. Wow. But on the background, my business went like super global for the first time. Mm. I was traveling all over the world, all around America and Europe and Britain, speaking at live events, which is petrifying, massive events and all mm -hmm. these different things. And you're traveling this and that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And my mother had just been diagnosed with stage 3B lung cancer, right? 3B, not a lot of people know this until they're, you know, if you're just watching TV and finding out about stage one, stage two, stage three, stage four, you don't get the details until you're up close and personal with it. So mm -hmm. each stage, each stage has a subdivision A and B, and B being the latter stage within yeah. that stage. And so stage three B is one before checkmate because when you're in stage four, nobody survives really. Um, miraculously, her cancer went away. By yeah. the way, um, as a side note, we she ex received an experimental form of radiotherapy as mm. part of a, a clinical study. Mm -hmm. And on the back of that, I had her on a ketogenic diet because cancer grows on sugar, uses sugar as a fuel. And on the background of that, she was also taking cannabis oil infused in coconut, wow. oil, coconut oil. Wow, interesting. And yeah. um, a tumor the size of an orange went away. Wow. However, and the lymph node attachment went away. However, the damage that was done to the lungs through the radiotherapy oh. made it too difficult for the heart to pump blood through the lungs. And she went into, she ended up three and a half years cancer free and then went into left side heart failure. Um, so she didn't actually die of cancer, but did die as a result of the treatment the that was required to save her yeah. life. Yeah, it's right. Oh, and, it's... and I'm not going to blame that treatment and say, oh, if I had only done the alternative stuff, she would have lived. She wouldn't have. It required mm. both those things yeah. to get her those three and a half years. Yeah. And the damage that happened was unavoidable. Yeah. And that's just the way it goes. Yeah. However, it was a miracle to get those three and a half years. Her diagnosis yeah. was like a few months. You're yeah. going to be dead in three months. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. 
But, but you know, coming from you, you know, you, but being that was a tough year. Uh, <laughs> you were most you know, definitely. So I, I was like in the house with with my mother all the time. Yeah. She lives in a different place. Yeah. And I'm in the house with my pregnant wife who has a young child as well. Mm. And I'm in the gym with my athletes and myself. That I mean, I can't understand. I mean, and I didn't win. I didn't. World, I didn't. Yeah. I, I planned to win those world championships, and I didn't. And I, you know, I don't want to make excuses, but there was my own training definitely took a back seat. Mm. I, I essentially just mm. qualified for the worlds and then just showed up. Mm. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, but you know, com com coming from a man like you, when and a lot of people would start to look for the blame, right? You see, that's that's because that experimental treatment, blah blah blah. blah. Yeah. But you know, if you if if I believe if you are a strong individual, it's hey, yes, we know. That may be the cause, but I'm grateful that it gave us three more years. And and if maybe she hadn't had that, we wouldn't have got we wouldn't have had her for more than three months. And and you know, even even taking a look further, that's data for that experimental study where they're like, you know, it's it's tough, but at least we we were able to gain some experience from it, where other people maybe can benefit. Well, you see, but we it takes. Told, yeah, we were told directly by the by the consultant who signed her up for the trial. We were told directly, she was told, that her case study, individual case study, was the single subject of a lecture that was given in Japan wow. ab about this form of, ex of experimental radiotherapy wow. because her result was so was miraculous. So wow, wow. Like stage 3B is, mm. it's not, it, it's like, it's one, mm. it's a half a stage before checkmate and she reversed it entirely. That's like powerful. that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. But you know, unfortunately, yeah. yes, there was so much scar tissue. But her life expectancy, her life span mm. from diagnosis mm. was something like ten or twenty fold beyond what was yeah. expected. Yeah. Which is which is not insignificant. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So. Yeah. Well, look, that's, Gregory, yeah. was, you know, it's a joy talking to you here today. Hey. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, most definitely. You know, I have so many notes on here. I know, I know. That... Well, we'll do it again. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> wanted to say this. This always follows in 99% yeah, of the yeah, cages. I have yeah. so many notes. We got to talk about your business. We got to talk about the transformation, weight loss, and um, because we're kind of like a little bit in the same boat here. But yeah. we got to talk about that the next time. Yep. So I, I highly appreciate you coming on, Paul. Thank you. Um, it was a highly, joy talking to you. I man. highly appreciate you having me on. Awesome. Thank you very much. The world of kettlebells is dominated by two training styles called heart style and kettlebell sport. Although vastly different in nature, they have been proven to work and give you the most bang for your buck whenever you pick up a kettlebell. If you understand them correctly and are able to differentiate between the two. If you are a beginner, this task might be understandably confusing. Enter the hybrid style and discover how to combine the best of both worlds. The hybrid style masterclass is a 10 week practice based online course that will help you take your kettlebell skills to an elite level. Made in Switzerland. Learn what's been holding you back and how to become a versatile kettlebell master without having to piece together countless YouTube videos or rely on a gym membership. The price of the Hybrid Style Masterclass is 397 US dollars per month for three months. Save 20% with a one-time payment of 997 US dollars. We'll open registration only to a small number of new students every three months. Join the waiting list now to get access 24 hours before the general public. Link is in the description.